Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. Tonight, we're going to be talking about The Walking Dead Season 10, Episode 21, Diverged. It was an exciting episode tonight, wondering, getting into the depths of Carol and Daryl's relationship. They're breaking apart at the seams. We're all excited. We're all watching this with bated breath. Will the relationship be repaired as we're leading into the final season and possibly a spinoff series starring both Daryl and Carol and his brother Daryl and his other brother Daryl. It's going to be so exciting and I cannot wait to see how The Walking Dead concludes this emotional, epic a epic storyline that they're building here with this Daryl and Carol feud excitement the the parallels with a rat escaping and 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 Carol getting rid of all those demons within her own house inside her own mind and body was just electric another electric episode of The Walking Dead and I can't wait to talk about it I can't wait to talk about the mighty ducks Gordon Bombay is back <laughs> and I'm back but I'm not alone tonight Tonight with me, I have with me a guest that's joined us many times before, but it's been a while. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Here's his press photo that... I'm sorry, wrong photo. Here's his press photo. The Walking David. <laughs> welcome back, David. Hey, thanks for having me again, you guys. Phil, always love being here. Uh, especially love chatting with you because... We're not going to have a lot to say about this. No, 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 no. And, and truth truth be told, uh, w- before we get too far into it, I was trying to emulate what I was listening to at the Talking Dead before we got started. I could hear it in the back of my uh, back of my ear when I was talking. I figured we'd have our own Talking Dead at Home edition right here with The Walking David. And of course, I'm also not alone tonight. We're not alone, David. We have with us right now the live motherfucking chat. So far, we got Jason Voorhees, who, uh, who, 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 I, I beg to differ, Jason Voorhees, po- pointless goddamn episode. I mean, calling this an episode is harsh. I don't know if I'd quite call this an episode. It was like, it yeah, was- this, this episode is, is really bordering on what can be classified as television. Like, it really is. <laughs> It's like, I don't know if you've ever been to a film festival and seen a film where you kind of go like, wait, that that's it? Like, you know, just cut to credits after six minutes and you go, but nothing happened. Yeah, uh, it, it was a, it was a, it was a tough one. I I do have to feel if I'm making a power rankings of the episodes of this particular season. I would say I like it a little better than last week because I give a shit a bit, but I think last week's episode had more purpose because Princess was a character we didn't know. Like it or hate it, I guess I guess getting to know her was something that we might need going into the final season. So as Joe was pointing out last week, it, we got rid of that. So if they do something interesting with her and the next time we see her, they got rid of her backstory so we understand her more. It might have been something that wasn't fun to watch, but you could argue it maybe was needed if she's going to be a main character in the next season. This episode, I don't understand why they couldn't have packed some of this into the other Daryl and Carol episode and made it a more exciting, fuller episode instead of giving us two of these Daryl and Carol ones that really don't further shit along. And you're, you're right. Again, it was a series of, I've been saying this a lot, David, and you you actually write uh, content and write, write films, right? Uh, I don't know if you wrote television episodes, but I know you write films and the B, B story. This is a, this is a half a season or a bonus episodes. Each one of these is a B story to me. And I think especially the, these two Carol and Daryl episodes stink of them. They're just, they should be side stories for more interesting episodes. Well, right. And here's, here's the thing. 
I literally thought this is how unfortunate like my brain is when it comes to thinking about the shit. When I heard that last episode was called Splinter, in my mind, I thought Splinter Unit. I thought, oh, we're going to be dealing with mm. like a, a side unit, like a subsidiary of this of the Commonwealth. You know what I mean? Like like an offshoot branch or a branch of some rogue Commonwealth people or something like that that just happen to have the outfits, and that's going to be a tease. And that never happened. It literally was about a fucking splinter, which felt so Scott Gimple-y. I, I just, I mean, it, it was Fear the Walking Dead season four shit. It was just like, why, why do we have, why do we have this? You, uh, yeah, you put more thought into that than the writer did of the particular titling of the episode. I was just using my mind and thinking Splinter, and this episode had to do with a rat. Was this just like an inside Ninja Turtle joke where last episode was called Splinter, and this one deals with the rat rat situation? But I'm just I'm just being ridiculous here. And, well, uh, and yeah, I mean that, that would have been, been a good title for this episode. Yeah, maybe, like, maybe. Ah, Maybe. But uh, we do have the live motherfucking chat here, and I just want to say hi to a few more people. DJ Betters in the live chat. Fandom D Saint. Let's be real. This episode is no need to be reviewed. Let's just grab a sandwich and drink and chill. That's what I was saying to David before we started. I might need to get into talking about the, the first episode of the Mighty Ducks series on Disney Plus by the end of this. I... I don't see a spinoff series as DJ Carol Funk. Great to see Carol Funk. We got Cadigan in the live chat too. Hello, Phil in the motherfucking chat. Santivia Major. Hello, Phil and David. Uh, Cadigan, you know for a second I actually fell for Phil's enthusiasm about the boring dead. I was thank you. It's because my it's because you couldn't see my face. I had the title card of the episode up, so you couldn't actually see the look on my face, which was like this. I just had this really sarcastic ridiculous <laughs> i could <laughs> you on could the bright side i could everybody. yeah you and could definitely I, I saw the genuine reaction it's my love for this uh, episode is great is great it's my love for the uh the red the uh the red letter media's nerd crew podcast if people have ever seen that they'll know <laughs> yeah. what, they'll know what i mean if that that's what i was emulating in that moment very viciously um santivia what's up uh great to see uh, Fandom D Saint, great to see Caddy. Was this episode Tara Henry or Enos the Penis? It was another Daryl and Carol episode with a little bit of Jerry, uh, Jer but it was mainly a Daryl and Carol episode. The the just to jump quickly to this because I'll just end up saying it probably fifty times. Please, this was the most retarded use of Jerry that I've ever seen. Like it, it literally was awkward and uncomfortable for no reason. Like there's no reason for him to be tense. Or to pick up on any tension just because her she just exists like he's some kind of prescient uh, psychiatrist or something like <laughs> just sitting there in his his derpish little farmer's hat and like need anything Bli nope. all right <laughs> <laughs> bliss is sensitive man wow I started to feel bad for Phil after this episode how can this thing be reviewed we're gonna attempt to review this episode tonight and what I really got to get into is the what they really knew that people wanted with these final episodes was a double bill of dog and, and god god damn it making me hate on the dog dog episode we got we got too much dog in two episodes in a row there was, if dog is your best performance are here we go on the after after dead show here tonight's walkie daddy award tonight goes to the best performance of the night to dog dog was really believable in that scene chewing up shit i love dog's performance david how about you yeah it, it, it reminds me of 
Here. I, I stopped participating locally in the 48-hour film festival in my state <laughs> because one year... Air Bud, too? Best Actor. A was dog it? won Best Actor in, like, a short film. <laughs> was... and it, so other human beings who paid to enter and spent hundreds or thousands of dollars lost to an animal who knew come here and sit and stay with treats offhand. Yeah, that's no. And that's kind of what this felt like. Yeah, that's no Lassie. Yeah. That's no Eddie from from uh, Frasier. You know, that's that's no right. Air Air Bud. I mean, this isn't this isn't like a prequel to Air, Air Bud. You know, we we see the foundation, we see the dark foundations of Air Bud. That no, give that dog a Saturn Award <laughs> or a, a rawhide bone. I th I think. I mean, it, it doesn't know. Yeah. E either way, the thing's getting chewed on and then shit out somewhere. I mean, really, let, let's get let's get down. And I think that's a perfect metaphor for this episode. I think I think it's so apropos of what we're talking about tonight. Cadigan says dog deserves an Emmy, Emmy, Oscar, Tony, all of them. Hey, don't be talking shit about dog. I'm not talking shit about dog. Dog was the best part of this episode. But I guess my point is if. If you have six episodes back and in two of the main ones that deal with the main progression of two of our main characters, the best performance and the most engaging thing in both episodes is dog. I I do I do feel like that maybe is a minor issue and it does make me make me transforce trans want to want to insult some of the dog scenes, but not because of dog's performance. He excellent performance. Well-trained dog. Yeah, a very well-trained dog. Way to go, <laughs> dog trainer. You know, but that dog, yeah. that dog trainer deserves a Peabody Award. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it deserves uh, that whole bucket of soup all yes. to itself. All of it. Get, all of it. No, rocks excluded. Forget the rocks. Okay, so basically, if we could just... I could sum up this episode very, very easy. The, the, the point of this entire episode, the whole... And I, I'd love to go back and rewatch all of these, but I'm never, ever, ever going to do it because I don't, because I, I feel like I might not make it. But I, I feel like, at least in this one, the complete episode from the, because, because I feel like if you're doing individualistic television episodes, each one should almost be symbolic of a film with a beginning, a middle, and end, like a, like the main structure of a base concept. Like if you're doing an overall story arc throughout throughout five or six episodes, that's different. You can frame things out. You can have episodes that kind of have no meaning that further it off from more of a metaphorical standpoint. But if you're telling six individual episodes, or in some case five individual episodes, with one of them being two, you have to have a beginning, a middle, end of an episode. These haven't had any of that they've just they've just been sort of afterthoughts into the point carol says exactly what happens and everything that's important in this episode in that little intro she's basically like hi this is carol i forever feel like i'm off the, about to go off the deep end and run away by myself but i always bring it back together with the help of my friends now we have to daryl and i searched around didn't find anything the whispers fuck things up people are kind of mad at me and i need to go back and try to feed all my friends and take care of dog that's the episode it's and, done yes yeah, that's the thing that ah that, oh, fuck i mean <laughs> You, there's no reason in a show of this scope to ever do narration, okay? The only time that it even sort of worked was when Rick Grimes did it, and he's like, we've got a new beginning, you know, like, and stuff like that. And he's like, we're building, because it's been a fucking six-year jump, okay? It was a huge fucking time jump or something like that. It was like years. 
he had his hair shaved and buzzed and they have all these new people and the communities are thriving we needed a little bit of a refresher but when nothing has happened i mean you might as well have gabriel describing the smell of the water tower for the first 30 <laughs> seconds it doesn't mean anything like you know and all of these episodes doing it like eugene last episode wasn't the focus of the episode yet he was uh the narrator for it which doesn't make sense and i'm glad i guess that they didn't have princess doing it just going like so i was looking for my friends and i couldn't find them you know like i'm i don't want to hear that either it's just i agree with you there's no beginning middle and end there's a middle and a petering out that's it it's like it just starts in the middle of something and then just peters out. Yeah. There, and there's no rhyme or reason for why any of this shit's happening. And I don't care if they got approached last minute to throw in some episodes. Give some episodes that build upon existing characters that don't introduce new people who later get killed off like Walking Dead randos. And, you know, just don't don't add another fucking love story when we're supposed to give a shit about this existing love story that's been building for a season and a half with connie and daryl oh yeah with the daryl backstory girlfriend yeah it's like and you keep kind of throwing it in like maybe daryl like he always has like a wistful look at the very end like you saw in this episode he's holding on to the gate and he kind of goes like like it was some days of our lives (laughs) It you was know, it was some nine hundred two and it was a, it was almost a Dylan McKay head forehead like tilt to the camera kind of thing. Elizabeth Becker, great to see Elizabeth back with us this week. Agree with Phil. Had no ending. Was checking the time. It was like eight fifty nine. With like what the hell? Yeah, what the hell happened? And that David was kind of saying that too. It was it was by the end of that and 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 I don't know. Just to piggyback on what David was saying, I understand the restraints, and before someone says in the comment section or cuts me off, I know these are bonus extra episodes. Fair. But if you have a story to tell and you're giving this to us as a gift to to get deeper into the characters, have points to them, okay? Your Hollywood uh, writers, professional writers, each one of you has a hundred stories in your back pocket that you could kind of transfer into the story to give us a character story that actually has a point. It doesn't have to be exciting. I'm not saying these episodes have to be any more exciting than they are. I'm saying that you have to set something out at the beginning, something one of our characters needs to ultimately learn that they haven't learned before in a better way and then go through the cycle. With this Carol episode, some people say, oh yeah, Carol learned to trust people. She's learned to do that the whole time. She says it in the fucking voiceover in the beginning of the episode. Every time I kind of go off the deep end, people bring me back. So ultimately it becomes an episode about minutia with Carol cooking soup and she's in the kitchen, man. She's got a bowl and she's cooking it up, man, which is all well and good if you balance that out as a beast storyline with another interesting storyline and you have something pushing it through sorry right and and to to take people back the last time that we saw carol kind of making a lot of food and stuff remember what it was it was her and alexandra trying to make the people of that town believe that she was kind of a a a housewife who had just held on uh to her friends uh you know uh what is it uh tailcoat i can't fucking remember the phrase um (laughs) Sorry. Held on to her friend's coattails and she was making cookies and like ham loaves and uh, food for people to come across as like an innocent housewife. When in reality, she's like lethal. And that was a nice buildup because then later on we see her have to 
break out. She had to kill some of the wolves, and nobody expected it. And then everybody was like, "Holy shit!" That was Pete Carroll. Like, yes. Yeah, that was Pete Carroll, David. Like, yeah. like her killing all the wolves, like everything. Awesome. awesome. She was my favorite character on the entire show at that point in time. Yeah, I mean, because the character arc, and they can still save her. She still has a chance to be saved here, but this, uh, the Morganisms that come out of people's mouths and speaking in such vague terms in the apocalypse drives me fucking nuts because this is like a threes company level of a misunderstanding where it's sort of like, Oh, it totally, um, it totally is. Jack Tripper is like, Oh, I'm sorry, Janet. <laughs> like I told you I was going to be here with a friend. He oh. didn't say it was going to be a girl. Oh, <laughs> Tripper. Uh. It's it's like Uncle Junior says in the Sopranos. Stop speaking in anagrams. Let's just get to it. It's it's a lot of, a lot of stuff. Let's get just get in the chat before we lose a little bit. This Cadigan says that's best. Carol season six. Celebrity bikini. Great to see you. Forty three minutes of blah blah. Carol Funk perks up when you say Carol. I'm just listening in the background. I don't watch The Walking Dead. Just wanted to see you guys. Carol Funk. That's why we love you. And and all I'm gonna say is. Please don't listen to us. Please don't reference. We're going to say Carol a lot in a negative way tonight, but we're, we don't mean it about you. But we do appreciate you liking our name. Jason Voorhees left us a message that we will play in a second here. Carol, Carol, Carol. Love you, Phil. I like to hear it, even though I don't know you. We got Ion, the I got Zombies Man. And great to see people joining us this evening. Thank you so much for popping into the live chat. Whenever you're joining in here, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. We also have a voicemail line. We have a voicemail from uh, Jason Voorhees I'll play here in a second, but if anyone else wants to call in or leave a text message if I miss your comment in the chat that you want to make sure you get in there, the number is 781-990-8509. Again, that's 781-990-8509. Also, in the description box of this video, you can find a link to David's channel if you want to follow him and see some of the fun stuff he does on his channel. He's very close to a 1,000 subscribers. Help get him over there, and if you haven't already, jump over there and uh, subscribe to David, or if you're listening to the audio class, cast jump over on youtube and do that as well bless a sensitive man with a ten dollar super chat in the after show angela king says the story is ultimately about how carol and daryl fell apart when they are not together we gotta pick this apart david wait, wait first of all i'm gonna spin the wheel for bliss the sensitive man here uh bliss Here's your spin of the wheel. And let's break this apart. In the after show, and everyone, if you donate a super chat, I spin the wheel and this lands to Joe Drink. So I will drink for Joe since he isn't here. Toast to you. Mm -mm -mm. Cheers. Cheers. So in the after show, Angela King, who, who is who they force, as I mentioned before, to do a Dan and Dave like after Game of Thrones explanation of what the episode meant. Uh because you know everything everything has to be deeper you know and which is the problem i think in entertainment there's nothing wrong with some entertainment that's just for fun and doesn't have a deeper darker like tone to it with the walking dead i don't think everything has to be so depthy i think some visceral just fun on the walking dead is what the show's missing and i think if you watch those early episodes like an episode like guts for instance when rick and glenn have to run through the it's something's funny about it too and fun and and light and that doesn't exist on the walking dead now it's either stupid or overly serious but anyways angela kang says the story is ultimately about how carol and daryl fell apart when they are not together i was like really since when that was that was the story is, is that what the story is that 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 is 
I'll, I'll tell you factually as a storyteller myself, that is not at all what comes across, and nobody thinks that even a little bit. Nobody. Daryl is extremely resourceful, <laughs> even when he gives away his useful tool. And Carol is a bumbling idiot in this episode where she's like, I spilled the mushrooms and now I have to plug the hole with a scarf. Like it's, and she's like underneath the table. It's like Carol was channeling a lot of dog this episode. And I don't understand why she did that. It's like, it, I don't know. They dumbed her down a lot this episode. And I don't know for what they've reason. Been, they've been dumbing her down in, and I, I call it, because I can't think of a better character version of it than describing it. Peter Petrellying somebody. They they make yes. someone too powerful too early, and then they have to nerf them like they're a Smash Brothers character, like like they're Meta Knight in Smash Brothers Brawl. They have to keep <laughs> they have to keep fucking nerfing her because they made her too smart and too awesome at a point in time, and then they're not creative enough to keep writing interesting storylines for a character that has that much together. So they have to make her conveniently stupid for for is, for drama well and that's the thing and guys if you're trying to make a spinoff show for some reason amc if you're watching this angela king a hire me uh <laughs> yeah oh no yeah we love you angela king me, you you need yeah, us I mean, in that writer like, I, I would work for you in a heartbeat i don't necessarily blame it all on you we take I mean, scale we take we take scale to do it we just we just want to work yeah exactly i'm just you know 1800 a week just to tell people i work there <laughs> Um, I want the I want the, so, I want the I want the the thing the uh, the the car the uh, the thing around my yeah I just went on the I just went on the lot. Catechet <laughs> says uh, Carol's secretly a furry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I was saying was it's like listen if you want to make it a standalone show with Carol and Daryl I think the important thing to show is and they did it a little bit in, but it's really watered and dumbed down is maybe this it's because in season 11 that they've already written they have her doing stuff like this and so they don't they want to save that for a surprise it's sort of like if the person who finds out that they have a surprise party coming up uh they so they already know they have a surprise party coming up so they're not going to be surprised you're still like well i'm still not going to tell you who's coming okay because i still want you to be somewhat surprised so i'm not going to ruin it entirely but just just act surprised okay just act surprised and so that's what this feels like because carol like for example with the solar panel i thought that was more interesting because i thought they were just going to show that she's actually extremely resourceful and is only kind of playing dumb to appease people and not come across as you know an asshole or not come across as like she's better than everybody but in reality she is she's a better survivor she's been out on the road a lot of these people haven't even held a candle to the experiences that carol has had to deal with a hundred i mean this was once an abused housewife who became fucking rambo yeah who became the rambo of the show like the biggest bat who became uh fucking sigourney weaver in uh in fucking aliens became fucking john rambo became became uh, laurie strode like she she really like killed it in as that character and where she's at now uh bliss a sense of man i think you're right too i think this is might all be set up for the spin-off force carol and daryl drama and elizabeth adds bliss a sense of man you may be right but this isn't the show i'm watching bliss also adds i do like angela king though i still believe in season 11 i will say this and i said it before it's interesting that it's the time i didn't talk about the show but i do think and joe mentioned it as well she did get something decent going season 10 was the best except for these six episodes which which 
show a, a problem in the subtlety of the writers writing this deep shit that they try to get away with, that they try to get away with a lot of in season seven and eight and and maybe even in, in nine. But season 10, they got to a little bit more action, like the whole end of the Whispers arc stuff. So I think she, it, she runs a tighter ship organized-wise than Gimple. Like just some of the production, I like the way the video stock looks. Like just certain ways that little things I, I enjoy a little bit more in her production. But I think this these series of bad episodes just show you you met you said it right from the beginning it's it shows the weaknesses of the writing team and i think especially the weakness weaknesses of the writing team in subtlety and right and and understanding their characters and in taking them those next steps and constantly evolving the characters they get to points where they have simple arcs and then they don't know where to go with them so when you get into like character exploration shit it's just spinning your wheels because you know all this shit and that's why i mentioned last week's episode with princess even though i hated it, it was the only one that's new because we don't know her the episode before that i liked with aaron and aaron and um and father gabriel there right it's because the it's because those are good actors. They're good actors. And also what they're doing is they are exploring the current mental state of these people who we have been following for a, a really long amount of time. And Aaron, as we all know, has had, has been so unfortunately unutilized in these, in this last season, he's been so, uh, you know, snuffed by, by the writers. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if they're really saving it, I have kind of made the observation that I felt like Aaron is going to have a big uh, blow up soon. I hope, I hope because, every- yeah, I'm sorry. I hope because he's too interesting of a character. And I don't understand why they've gotten past him either because in favor of some far less interesting characters. Sorry. Right. And it's like, we, we see it's interesting contrast with him and Gabe. He looks fucking sick with the arm. Okay. The fucking Rick Grimes from the comic book arm with the mace on it. And it's like, he looks like a fucking badass. I love that. Uh, that You know, he even had some uh, kind of iconic looks from the comic book where he's like resting a shotgun on the stump and pointing it at the guy. And I was like, I fucking love that. He just looks epic. He even looks like Rick Grimes in the comics. And that's intentional. Um, they, they gave a lot of Rick's stuff to Aaron because Aaron has less screen time, so it's less expensive. But here's the thing. He is Ross Marquand is an incredibly talented actor and what i hope i really hope is that they are building to him blowing up because we see a lot of these situations in which he's kind of gritting his teeth and tamping it down like holding himself back like when he's talking to negan when negan's in the middle of the whisperer war we see those tense moments where he runs across him and i bet everybody agreed that's the first time we've been tense of a character running into negan for a long fucking mm-hmm. time uh because there's still unresolved issues. Some people go, as long as he's in jail and he's dying in that cell, I don't, I don't care. I guess I'll have to let, let live and let live. But the fact that he sees this guy who is responsible for killing his partner uh, in their lives only a few years ago, and just seeing him out free, not to mention wearing a whisperer mask and his stupid leather jacket, I mean, it would like be seeing somebody who like molested you running away free you know what i mean you're just kind of like how are they breathing the same air that i'm breathing and that's something worth exploring it is not worth exploring why dog hangs out with carol and although she's very resourceful we're seeing her make a rat trap 
uh, and it's like that's more interesting if there was an overall symbol of like Daryl and Carol uh, trapping somebody you know what I mean like if it was remember with Rick at the prison he's showing Carl and he goes you make these ridges like this and you put a, a, a noose right here and the rabbit is directed through and then it gets caught in this noose and then that's exactly what happened to them at Terminus okay in that exact same episode he was saying this way you kind of you make it to where they can only run one direction and in that direction is a trap and they ran into a trap just like at terminus they ended up getting thrown into those train cars uh and it's like that is what i was hoping they were going to do mm. with this episode oh uh, and it's one thing i was hoping they were gonna do in this episode is what elizabeth just put in uh i but they let the rat get away eat it i kept thinking that that's what carol was going to do that all, all that was going to lead to carol catching the rat and putting it into the soup and everyone eating the soup and being like this is the most delicious soup because it's got some meat in it so yes catch the fucking rat eat the fucking rat they do it in so they did it on fucking survivor they do it in uh demolition man they eat rat burgers in the sewers because that's all the meat that they can get eat the fucking rat but i agree with you david i think And this is where we come down to writing strength in this episode, not direction, not cinematography, not editing, not acting. It comes down to writing in this episode where it could have been more interesting, the parallel between the Daryl storyline and the Carol storyline. It had at least maybe it maybe I'm too stupid. Maybe I don't get what they were doing with Daryl in the car and him trapping a walker and and being like move buddy and just being in completely no fucking danger and and not killing this walk the walker that kept following him like the energizer bunny but but messes with the car and then he gets stuck under the car like the rat got stuck in the trap and both of them get away like maybe they were trying to do something there but they weren't clever enough to pull it off uh so to your point smarter writers you put Vince Gilligan's team with the same structure of the story they're making an episode like the fly on Breaking Bad you know that this is coming out like this you know like and I think this comes down to that again what I said a few seconds ago uh, I think that guy Phil a few seconds ago was right when he said it's all about subtlety with these writers these writers have no fucking subtlety they can't you you pulled you just said something smart and I want to say in a fucked up way they were probably trying to do that and that's sad because that's what they were doing with Daryl trapped under the car because it was like the rat maybe that's what they were doing maybe and here's the thing if that's the case then guys i hate to tell you you got to go back to fucking basics because you have such a br- guys <laughs> i know it sounds crazy to think about oh this and goodness. some people look at television like even the worst episode i could never write that but this is something that anybody could write because this is not utilizing any of the information that they have given the audience over the last 10 years you can uh tap into all sorts of subtleties to give further character development when daryl has that girl there you know when i first saw her and daryl walked up on that house you know what i thought it was going to be phil what was that his mother ah i thought it was going to be his mother <laughs> and we were going to see his father abusing a little yep. kid version of daryl a little, ver- a little in a, yeah in young merle and stuff yep i'm sorry yeah right. And, and you see a young Merle yep. and then you get, you get to be reminded of, Oh, fucking Merle as a kid. It, it was going to be 
something that you didn't expect. Like the, like the Sopranos home. did with Tony, where they'd flash back to him watching his father cut off some dude's hand or something, just to give you a little bit more character depth on who Tony is. And Bliss says that was definitely a Hollywood rat, by the way. That was a handsome rat. That rat's never seen a dumpster in his life. That rat's that rat's that was a very clean rat. That rat's living better than David or I or anyone in the live chat. We've got a couple of voicemails from uh, Jason Voorhees here. Let's uh, let's listen to Jason's couple of messages here. Uh, I still need to work on boosting the audio a little bit on the voicemail line, but uh, let, let's see. I think I think you should be able to hear it, David. Let's go. Here we go. Hello, it's your friend, Mr. Jason Voorhees, here to give you a great recipe for some soup. First, I'm going to put a little onion in there, and then a little green pepper, and then a little bit of a I don't give a shit. <laughs> Stupid-ass show. <laughs> and he's got one more. Let's, let's, hear, let's hear Jason's second that message. The end of the first one. <laughs> that was the first one. That was, a, <laughs> that was the best voicemail I've heard in a long time. Sans David's, of course. That was, that was, a, that was a great voicemail, uh, Jason. So listen to Jason's second voicemail. Yes, hello. It's Mr. Jason Voorhees again with another recipe for you. I am making a soup. Let me add a dash of plot. Let me add a little bit of character development. Let me add a little bit of a interesting storyline. Ah, I call this soup Better Call Saul. Oh, wait, this isn't Better Call Saul. Wrong show. show. No, it's The Walking Dead show. Here, let me go uh, make you some Walking Dead soup. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> uh, delicious stuff. Great stuff from Jason Voorhees. If you guys want to... <laughs> I, I thought he was going to be, oh, let me make some Walking Dead soup. And then you would just hear a pan crash in the background. And go, oh, I spilled it. It's like I got to start over again. That also is very funny, too. It's a great voicemail. If anyone else wants to leave a voicemail, please do it. 781-990-8509. Thank you so much. AMC, The Walking Dead 1. This episode's the best in the entire series. I agree with you. This The parallels that they set up with Rat and Dog, like those, those two parallels were were animalistic by nature but they really got at the core of the human condition of what they're trying to express within this walking dead experience daryl and carol's setup for this future series is so depthful i cannot wait to see how far they push this in the oh, spinoff series man. oh fuck i think you might we were joking about it but i think you might be fucking right i think i yes about being the rat and here's the stupid part you know what made me think of that is the fact that after she she tries to break down the walls like she's trying to break down the walls to his heart and his psyche. She can't get in, and she's every time she does it, it just ruins everything. And then, but she just needs like a hug, but that won't fix it. And then, guess what? When she finally gets a hug and she takes a breath for a second, the rat gets out. She lets the rat go. She doesn't even chase it. And Daryl comes back. The rat, Daryl, the metaphorical rat comes back and she just lets him go again she she has to let him go because it's so oh it's so deep <laughs> but you know what david i it's so amazing because rats never come back either that rat's leaving that place that rat's never coming back ever rats never return never to 
Never. No rat. They don't leave their fucking shit everywhere either. And they smell delicious too. And they're, but exactly, that's a Hollywood rat. AMC The Walking Dead 1, or I'm going to say done, or Walking D done. Uh, Gimple's stories are always, they're always the best. They're so layered. And, and Kang is trained under the master. It's like Luke training under Obi-Wan. And what what's that lead to? Kylo Ren. Because it's all awesome. It all leads to beauty <laughs> and <laughs> Man, uh, I, I am telling you, you guys, like, I I will say this. Sorry. As much as I like that Gabe and Aaron episode. Yes, that was a good I'm episode. Sick, I'm sick of hearing new people's stories about who they lost. I wish people would just go, who'd you lose? And they would just go, oh, who even cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wish someone would kind of do that. It's sort of like. When anytime a character goes like this, you know, they're they're a part of our family, and we don't turn our backs on family. Family, you know, <laughs> shut it, shut your fuck. Like nobody would talk like that. Have you talked to anybody? Even if you care about somebody, the person you care about the fucking most in this world, you wouldn't say that. You might say it about your wife, but you're not going to say it about like your buddy. If Joe. In the in the apocalypse, and Phil are are you know running through the streets, and Phil uh, loses Joe because Joe chases after a can of beer that just starts running away. Um, he's not gonna go. He's family, and we don't turn our back on family. He'd be like, yeah, he you, you needs your shit, buddy. You do. Uh, no, no, sh David. Joe is family. He's family. I don't turn my back on. Family. Yeah. Now you got to do the the Daryl thing. You got to do this face. You got to go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm gonna tuck in. I haven't eaten in three weeks, but I'm good. You know, it's like I, I don't understand. Every time we see Daryl, he's eating like a snake, and then anytime he's offered like legitimate food, he's like, Nah. I'd rather eat my own shit. Um, and. It's, come on, it's a nice gesture, and she made soup. She she made soup, but she didn't use rocks in it. AMC, AMC The Walking Dead, D. Dunn, is, is really on it tonight. we got to agree that seasons four and five of Fear of the Walking Dead is the definition, the definition of good storytelling. I love where your head is at tonight, AMC The Walking D. Dunn. I think you know what? When, when John shot Dwight's axe... And the bullet split in half like Deadpool style, like Wade Wilson, and killed two people. Superhero I mean, landing. You sold me. Super. Emmy. <laughs> Emmy for best writing and directing. Superhero landing. Merle Davis in the live chat. <laughs> Other than dog, I haven't cared about anyone since Ken. Joe is my shit buddy. Joe is everyone's shit buddy. He just likes watching people do that. Joe will be back next week for the most exciting part of tonight's episode, I do have to say. The most exciting part besides dog, of course, and uh, and all of that, and of course Jerry, yeah, of course, is uh, was seeing the preview for next week's episode, which I already know what it's going to be. It's probably, again, one of the episodes that should have happened earlier while he was in jail at some point, but at least we're going to get a well... I know we're going to get a well-acted episode next week. And I think they're, they're selling this whole half season just for that episode. So to me... 
You could have almost put everything that was in all these other five episodes into one, maybe two episodes, give give people three extras, and just sell it on the Negan thing. Or just have released the Negan episode as the one bonus episode for the season. If you're if you're licking your own labias and sucking your nuts for this fucking Negan episode, then like then why not just release it? That's what Matt and Trey are doing. They don't want to go back to full work, so they're releasing specials in their breaks. So just release a fucking special. If you don't want to go back, if you just want to give some extra, if you're so proud of this Negan shit, which I do think it's probably going to be a good episode next week. I, I do too. I mean, I've always been a big fan of Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And I think that finally, now that we're kind of out of the, like what Joe was saying, the Negan monologue era, uh, he's gotten a chance to kind of be more natural, be more of himself because he's not doing an over the top. Yeah. And next week we're going to deconstruct the Negan monologue stuff because we're going to see him be like, this is at least what I'm going to think. It's going to be that thing you see a lot in the last four or five years of thrillers and action stuff where someone's arguing with a version of themselves or a ghost version of their main adversary. You saw it in Daredevil. You see it in Arkham Asylum, one of the Arkham Asylum games. You see it in a lot of things where they see the image of the their main villain or their main adversary that's talking shit to him sometimes it's themselves and i do think we're going to see modern negan at some scenes being haunted by images and past of negan that one point where we see negan sitting down talking that they've been pubbing that one scene i i don't know why i'm thinking this i'm thinking that it's going to be negan looking at himself there but i but i don't know i think that we're going to get at least one moment of him him talking shit to himself at some point there's there's definitely a shot that seems to make sense to me where it's like what to sorry there seems to be a shot that makes me agree with you where in this preview we see Negan like drinking and he throws a bottle at a chair and I think that chair is going to be the shot where you see him going little pig little pig let me in and he's saying it to himself and then we yep. cut back to the reality and he's just throwing a beer bottle like fight club style like we ought to do this again sometime uh, you know, and uh, I, I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan's episode will actually also probably relate a little bit to season 11. I think they go, well, we that's something we really wanted to do and get that out of the way so that season 11 we can really give them some. Yeah, and we can get into the Maggie Negan thing and the fallout of that. I don't know if we'll actually see Maggie in a cameo like performance next week in the similar way that we saw say Jerry tonight where we see modern Negan bump into Maggie a couple of times in town and be and be horrified by the memory of what she he did to her husband and it gives memories of what happened to his wife I don't know if they're going to use that parallel in the episode um but I don't no, that would be good but I, I fuck I swear if you walking dead damn it if you make Maggie or somebody some it doesn't matter what character in that Negan episode, if you use them like you use Jerry in this last episode, <laughs> quickly rewrite and reshoot that shit like now. Like over this next nobody wants to see that. Like, hey, that's the hey, David, David, it's not. It's Jerry's like King. It's like King Ezekiel says. He has a saying for that. David, stupid is <laughs> stupid does. Yeah, you know, I thought he was gonna quote the thing that we saw. See, I'm too smart for this show. I thought that he was gonna quote the thing that we saw. On season seven the very first episode where it's like where there's a crack in the in the wall and it says even if there's a crack let the light in or something like that you know no and uh no when there's a 
you know, when there's a crack in, in Rome or whatever. You haven't watched that. enough Beverly Hills 90210 season seven and eight. You haven't you haven't gone to the depths of soap opera hell till you've watched those later seasons in 90210. I mean, like, and and, th- and that's what The Walking Dead is analogous of at this point. It's it's that level of fall down soap opera kind of stuff here's Negan while I'm thinking that will be like a bird notice did with the fall of Sam Axe says Merle don't get me started on Judith and the gun says Santivia uh, they could have recorded a couple of these as radio dramas. Cadigan says the scene with John and the axe was fucking fake as Judy Grimes shooting three walkers with the Colton Python with breaking her mouth or her arm. You guys are cool. I'm going to sub. Oh, thank you so much, AMC. I de- de- very much appreciate that. Thank you for that sub. And thank you. Hopefully you'll come back next week to talk about it. And we're going to be talking about the final season. We're going to build a I'm in the off season. I'm going to build a 24 piece uh, Walking Dead advent calendar. So after every episode, I'm going to eat, get to eat some piece of tasty candy. I might put some green stuff to smoke. I might put a gift certificate for some vodka. I, there's going to be a lot of gifts in my advent calendar. Uh, some tabs of acid. Possibly. Lined up. I did think about eating some uh, mushroom uh, pie tonight before this episode just for some entertainment sake because i because i got i watched the episode early so i knew i had to watch it again and i i just couldn't this was one of those episodes i couldn't i, I couldn't quite pay full attention the second time uh so and thank you also for elizabeth becker joining us again this week from the promo, we get a quick shot where we get to see Lucille back from the area where Rick slits his throat. Maybe we get some Rick flashbacks. Maybe he'll regret everything he did. We are. It does seem like we're going to also get a a bat origin thing. We're going to see the making of the bat. And Jason Voorhees says, "I, I want to know where Han Solo got his boots." We and need. I want to know where. He we need. Here. We need to know. We need to know how. Uh, what we need to know, David. What we really need to know is I need to know how Chewbacca got his bow caster, or my balls are going to explode out my throat. That's how excited yeah, I am. Listen, I need to feel that love that he had for his <laughs> wife, so then I can remember that he was just fucking multiple women to get past it but, later yes but, i have to accept that but the real question the, the real question is will dog make a cameo and will we find out what kind of food dog really likes to eat will we if fu- dog doesn't we riot we have to riot okay. it used to be we riot if daryl dies now we riot if dog's not in the episode damn it i just riot period <laughs> walking dead has become like a hooker you've been paying for 10 years but since they age faster it's like 50 years <laughs> she was young she or he was young and hot now now they're old and wrinkled but damn you love that old bat well said jason Voorhees. it's like that uh that machete you have from the olden days or that mask with the slice in it in your head that you should get a new hockey hockey mask but but even when you got the new one in a later movie, you put the same crack in it just for that memory because you missed your old shitty one, Jason. We know, I know you like using the same machetes, the same, even though you could, you could get a, a an electric chainsaw, but no, you want to stick with the machetes, the shit that works for you, Jason. Yeah, man. Skidmark bottle episode says AMC. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, David. It's it's really exciting. We do have a quick message from uh, Cadigan. Let's uh, let's let's listen to Cadigan because Cadigan's always super excited about these episodes. So let, let's let's listen to what Cadigan has to say. So here we go, live from Detroit, Cadigan. I know you're not from Detroit, Cadigan. <laughs> 
Yes, hello. It's Mr. Jason Voorhees. Again oh no, it's Jason. It's Jason. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that was Jason Voorhees. Oh, That's a great impression, Jason. Gadigan. Voorhees. Gadigan. I I know we think Walking David's our our resident impressionist, but damn. Oh my goodness. Okay, here we go. Sorry. Hey guys. Hey Phil. Hey Walking David. Um, this is Gadigan, by the way. I just got off the phone with uh with Angela Kang, and she says that you guys just don't get it. She just don't fucking get it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, get your with your attitude and take it somewhere else. Because Kang is a strong woman, it's, it's and she true. knows drama. It's you just you just you fuckers don't get it. We don't. don't you're true, and the only the only thing that's gonna make me get it is vodka. I'm gonna smell this shotgun shell. <laughs> Yeah, it smells like gun. It smells like vic it smells like victory, David. So what, what we need, like what we more. what we really need to do to understand this stuff. You're right, Kang. K you're right. AMC has been on us since Joe called AMC during the season six finale, and it's they've been, they've been on us. They've been they've been waiting to shut us down here. So we understand, Kang. We understand your problems with our issues. We challenge you, just like you come on the Talking Dead. We know not as many people. A a a, a a minuscule amount of people, but we appreciate every single one of you guys watch us here compared to The Talking Dead. So, but we'd love if you'd come here and 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 talk with us. It would be a beautiful time, and I'll get a little drunk here. And David, I hate to do it to you, but it seems like it's better than any other time before it gets too far. Recap. Ah! Okay. <laughs> sounds <laughs> so we're gonna get into a recap of this episode and i don't know if i'm gonna make it last week i tried to make it through the recap i made it through about two minutes before i started to nod off with recapping it but i do feel like this is going to be this is going to be kind of fun to go through here so let's get let's get into it it's just gonna be a lot of fun david so we open up Ladies and gentlemen, we open up this episode with Carol and Daryl and Dog walking, looking, ignoring each other. You can't help but feel the bad vibes. The tension that they set up in this scene, David, was, 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 um, um. I, don't, I, I just don't have words for it. No, I'm kidding. I, it was it was horrible. It was so stupid. They they just and they said it's like they said the big fucking thing is David. I'm giving you my lighter. Here's my lighter. And then later in the episode, they flash to Daryl and he doesn't have the lighter. And, or he's like shit, shit. And then he has to find the tool. Ugh. Okay, so we open up in the Carolyn Daryl. Uh, she gives some water to Dog. He gives her a tool. We get it. It comes back later. Daryl's like, Carol's like, I got this. Uh, we got shit from our trip. It looks like Daryl is about to have a po an apology. This is funny. Let's get this, David. It's funny. Daryl is about to apologize, and she she preemptively says, "Hey, what's up? You know, um, it's okay. You don't have to apologize." And he says, "I wasn't going to apologize. I was just going to say good luck." It feels like a divorce. They go both separate ways, and they come to a literal a fucking literal crossroad and they each go in separate directions it's amazing how how fortuitous that in the moment of which that they were having a moment where 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 they're having a crossroads in their friendship they happen to come across an actual crossroad what are the odds they they walk into a literal rat soup literal <laughs> i don't 
What are the odds? Yeah, and also why Dog goes with Carol. Like, the Dog had more character development in this, and and that's frustrating. Like, he Dog honestly had as many lines as Daryl because Daryl's going <laughs> like that, and Dog's going. <laughs> in, in fairness, David, just if we're if we're gonna get into this, I think Dog naturally within each performance. Uh, the character of Dog, obviously played by Danny DeVito, puts more, put, puts more, emo, puts more emotion. I couldn't say it with a straight face. Puts more emotion into his performance than Norman Reedus does to Daryl at this point in his, uh, in his, in his career. Norman Reedus is a decent actor. I'm sorry, Merle Davis. When he wants to be, and he tries, and he's engaged, but he's in, he, he's in the. The biggest automatic pilot I've seen of a performance since uh, second mentioned of it of the evening, since Luke Perry on 90210 in the later years. Like, he's just, he's there for a paycheck so he can do his bike show on AMC and have the spinoff series about him. And it seems to me like Norman Reedus is kind of going through the emotions. Or it's a case of, and I talked about this in an earlier episode, because... Rick has left the show and they chose to make Daryl the new Rick instead of concentrating maybe someone on like Aaron or someone that could be a little bit more of a number one and keep Daryl in that number two position where he's better at being or even a number three position on the show coming in and out being more of a force of nature rather than a character. I think that works for that performance when you put too much light on the character of Daryl you see all the holes in it and you see all the sort of not non-depth like you put weight on the ship and the, the boat once you go out on the water the boat is fine in the dry area but once you put it out on the on the water it sinks the that's like the carol of Dar the, the character of daryl but when you had rick around andrew lincoln even within shit written on the show is a is a great actor and he and he adds to everyone around him and takes the pressure off other people because a lot of the focus is on him i just don't think nor i i think norman reedus can carry something i've seen him do it before in movies I don't think the character of Daryl is a character that's set up to ca to ca be your main male lead on the show. I, there, it was weird. I I will agree and disagree at the same time. I agree that right now that's exactly how it seems. In season nine, uh, when Rick left, and like the later half of season nine, when he's dealing with Negan, who's talking to him in the cell, he's dealing with, uh, what's her face, the daughter, uh, Lydia. Yep. Um and he's also dealing with Henry. He really started to seem like he was growing into that, like Uncle Daryl role. Like he was kind of growing into a mature guy. Fair, yeah. yeah. He looks tough. He's got swagger. He's not wearing the vest. He's not on the motorcycle. He is part of the group. And then uh, to then take that to where he's kind of reverting back uh, or digressing and going back to kind of grunting uh. and all, all that uh, stuff it's like this is kind of what they did in season seven when you know like we're on easy street and he's just grunting everywhere Sorry. Uh, yeah and we're bringing out the good shampoo uh, <laughs> but it's it's not fair i i really don't understand like don't let them improv this this the walking dead is not a place for improv Unless, of course, it's uh, a way in which they kill a walker or something. Like, if they think of something really cool, then let them do that. But don't let them say funny jokes. Don't let the, don't let the scene just be written as Carol and Daryl 
uh, share an uncomfortable walk. Do business. Yeah, yeah. Carolyn Darrow, do business. They're not those kind of actors. They, you're no, not. They're not. Not well. They're not for this. I mean, like in the Boondock Saints, maybe you could do that. Yeah. Uh, or in in Melissa McBride's uh, you know situation when she was on on like Walker Texas Ranger, maybe she could do that. And it works uh, for if they're both uh, doing a com- if you're doing a comedy and something like that, and you want to have multiple takes to kind of uh, see what ages the best from a comedic standpoint. You want to have. That's why improv works really well in a comedic take because you can just do try it 10 or 15 different times and actors always have you know i'll try it a different way i'll do it a different way and then you can like carry that up so that when you're the you're in the editing booth the director has a lot of different choices and can kind of craft their narrative a little bit more that's why that's the best use for improv but again improv always works best for me musically or fundamentally in a theatrical section or in a film setting from an acting standpoint if you set up a main foundation it's not just as you said two actors go in there and do some business you know it it, it doesn't it doesn't work yeah like the shit with daryl also that was great was when like the whisper war was happening like the cool slow-mo shots of them like grabbing the mace and marching into battle and being kind of the leader and everybody's they, they don't th- shoot an arrow until he shows up. That's kind of great. He's like a perfect general, but he's not like the captain. You know yeah. what I mean? Abs- and, absolutely. He's he's and, he's Lancelot. He's not Arthur. Right. And, and you already said that, I guess. Like, I'm, I'm just reiterating. In a different I, I, I love and I love being agreed with. So it's perfect. Speaking of disagreeing with me, Luke Perry was the same amount of acting talent from the beginning. Phil, he was, he's always been an OK actor. They was uh, he was on 90210 just worked because they were all OK actors. We'll have that. We'll have that argument at a later date, Jay, when I do my Luke Perry introspective podcast that's coming in a near future. <laughs> Anyways, Mandrell, good to see, great to see the amazing Mandrell in the live motherfucking chat. It has been a while. Hope you're doing well, my friend. And uh, great to see Mandrell in the live chat. Cat, again, it sounds like an annoying kid. We wanted to die. Oh, we're talking. There's, there's some talking about Henry in there, and uh, Merle singing along with you. We're sitting on the uh, gravy train, going for some homemade champagne. Okay, let's continue with this fucking recap bullshit because you know it's like a yeah, dis- oh please, it's like a disease. Where, where did we leave off? Are they still? In the I don't know. They go yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we left off at the literal crossroad between yes. the two characters. Right. So Daryl gets back to his bike, and he's trying to start it, but he can't. I mean, he can because he's the Fonz, but it doesn't last long. Carol go, goes back home, and I said, oh, she's got dog. Why'd she get dog? So she finds a rag, a dirty rag. Now, this rag is symbolic of her whole life. She can't quite clean it, David, but it's a pretty rag. If she wants to clean it, she can, but she might have to, or it might be symbolic of her pain that she just needs to throw away all the shit that she's gone through in her life that she's been carrying, or it's just a fucking dirty rag. I don't, I don't know what the fucking thing with the rag was. I'm, I, again, I'm too stupid for it. They, this is what it comes down to. Let's get to the point here. I'm too stupid for what the Walking Dead writers are going for. It can't be that they're inept in, in writing these, like, slow character depthy kind of episodes it can't be that they're just much better at writing action and when they put like the whisper arc stuff just to give you know i thought worked because it was action and simple i'm too stupid we get music that's very sad it's sad it's like there's a i forget the phrase pardon me for butchering it but it's like it's really difficult to have an argument with an intelligent intelligent person it's impossible to have an argument with a stupid person. And 
that's what this episode felt like a stupid person <laughs> it just felt like it's impossible to try to pick up on what you're laying down because why what the fuck why yeah, like, it's why the wreck can you not just have her go like I, like I agree, the awkward part of this episode—that the only part that of Jerry's reaction that makes sense—is what is literally about to happen that Phil's about to mention, which is she goes over to Jerry, and she just goes, "Well, I might try to clean it." Hey, dude. Hi. And you again, the 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 perform the performances are was the music was the music decent? Uh, the music is all right. It's we get sad music. We see Carol's house with dog. We're really happy to be together. He's the best boy. He lays down, drinks some water. He's a good boy. For the record, she did not need an apology. She talks to the dog. I didn't need it. He, whatever. He didn't have to apologize. And he's and then she says lines that would mean more in better episodes to me. I'm sorry to say. It's a decent line. It's, again, like they write around a... They can... Every, you polish a turd occasionally. I like the line, uh, apologies don't really fix anything. It's just a truce. And that that I think that's an interesting thing. And, and I, when it comes down to it, once you get into a negative situation with somebody, whether in all friends at one point in time get into disagreements or arguments... You know, like it, it happens. And when you apologize and you get into it, you're not really in most cases, you're not taking back what happens. It is a truce, but it doesn't change. I like that line. That's an interesting thought. The yeah, see, also the lack of using music to express what the characters are actually thinking, like music that has dialogue. It, it, it's not always good to use music that has dialogue, but sometimes you can make it work. Like if Daryl's in kind of a pissed off mood and he's sort of fed up with Carol, you play like the lyrics from like sleeping on the blacktop. Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you know, sunshine beating on the good times, moonlight raising <laughs> from the grave, you know, like, and just have that cool shit while he's kind of sauntering off. And dude, you'd remember that shit because the music would be so fucking good and he'd look so epic. And, you know, use symbolism to show that, like, his vest that has, like, the light part. We never see the light part, so you're only getting the dark. You're getting the cold shoulder. And you know I, what I mean? I like, don't want to insult anyone's music, but the music in this episode, when they use music with words, sounds like they, sounds like they're using someone's – they're one of the friends of the production staff's demo or something. I, and I could be – someone's like, Phil, that's a Grammy award-winning song. But it, it seems forced the way they do it now instead of – excuse me, picking the right song. It, it always seems better when it's more choreographed. Right. L listen to the song. Uh, Rewatch the scene, everybody. Go on YouTube and find it. It's where in, it's the scene where Daryl finds Bob, and it's Blackbird's song yes. by Lee Dwayze? Dwayze. Dwayze? Yeah, right. he, I believe, yeah. He, I believe yeah. he's a winner of American Idol, one of the winners of American Idol. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that, but that's interesting. See, but that song is great because it makes you feel the loneliness and how small this guy is by himself and that he is suffering alone. And then the song ends the moment he gets picked up and brought back. Strangely, to that's a song. That's a strong about Lee's experiences with Ryan Seacrest. Well, <laughs> well also in like season two, I have all these in my mind because the music works so well at these moments that it stuck with me. Like Shane's looking out the window after Rick said, you know, uh, when I found out about you and Lori, I was going to break your jaw or whatever. I think it's the episode called 18 Miles Out. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so it might have even been the first season or the end of the start of the second season. Anyway, yeah. There's a song by uh, Y Oak called Citizen that plays 
or civilian, sorry, civilian. Um, and uh, it, it has the perfect tone and we see a lot of imagery that you associate with The Walking Dead. The famous shot in the intro of the walker walking through the field, you know what I mean, that used to happen? That's from that episode. And it's... Uh, it's a different... They, they don't do that anymore. Yeah, it, seem, really it seems like a lifetime ago. It's, it's, not, it's not the same show like that. Let's get into the little chat a little bit here. Elizabeth Becker says, It's the same old Carol emotional uh, dysregulation and suppressed feelings. And says, I'm fine. Yeah, it's, it's the same cycle. And that's what I was saying at the beginning. She sets this up in the intro of something that she goes through every time. So because she's blase about it, how do you expect the audience to be about it? If she's just like, yeah, this is my emotional thing I go through. And again, not a human a character. We're talking about the character Carol that's gone through this a bunch and kind of just deals with this as an afterthought. And she's just thinking about leaving. Does she put this in the header? It's the same crap. And her friends bring her in and blah bitty blah bitty blah blah okay so she finds the dirty rag we get the music that's very sad we're in carol's house dog she dog likes the belly rubs we see uh carol comes to jerry hey dude she they get some stinky fertilizer she needs to find the best use of her time she's got the scarf thing jerry's like what's wrong with you and she says i'm fine uh and he says we all need food carol's gonna cook but someone's in the kitchen and they can't use the solar panels because they're and they threw away a lot of grain because there's lots of rats but she's gonna make a soup and then she tells a story about stone soup the world's famous stone soup uh you borrow salt you borrow ingredients from everybody where you basically don't have a soup at the beginning and you borrow one ingredient from everyone and eventually everyone else made the soup and you didn't have to do anything and that that again asks the question is that what the walking dead writers are doing to us they're not actually doing anything they're borrowing meaning from everyone else in all these stories that they're doing this part part of the season means shit yeah i'm sorry the the stone soup thing listen it's never going to be good if when I repeat it to someone, I go, hey, you remember that stone soup <laughs> analogy that she said? That sounds retarded, okay? It sounds horrible just off, on the face of it. And so don't do that. When Rick told a story back in season five, uh, he talked about what it was like for his grandfather who came back from World War II, who had to fight during the war, and he told himself, rest in peace, now get up and go to war. And he told himself that we are the walking dead. That is an impactful story and speech that relates to the fucking show. That is the shit you need. Yeah. That is the stuff that builds character and shows you where he gets it from. And also addresses a character that we never see, we never need to hear from again, but it was impactful. And that is what the show has been missing. That's big time what it's what it's missing. Now, Carol, what, it, what we have now is... Daryl on a bike making all kinds of noise. It stops. He has to fix something, but his tool is gone. So he leaves it there and he has to walk off and find his tool. Now, good thing we never cook over fire and only use electricity. Yeah, no, let's 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 fix the solar panels and have a whole section of the episode instead of setting up a soup on an open flame, which you could do a nice slow burn and cook a soup on an open flame as well. That could have been an option, but that isn't even talked about as an option. So, but now Carol's in the kitchen making miracles uh, on Thanksgiving here. Uh, cooking in Carol's kitchen montage of her making the few supplies into a soup stew as she leaves. She hears some commotion and dog is ripping shit ups and giving the performance of the evening frustrated uh, because of the rat. And, and I wrote in the notes here, did we really need two dog episodes in this hat in six out of six episodes? Anyways, dogs hunting a rat and knocks the pot of food over on the floor 
and dog goes off and she's going to cook this. And I wrote right here in the notes, she's going to cook this rat eventually in this episode. That's what she's going to do with the rat exclamation point. It's going to be fun watching Carol feed everyone rat and no one knows it. And that's going to be a fun storyline. And that's where my mind went at this point in the episode. That it's all going to be about Carol catching a bunch of rats and feeding everyone a meal that they don't know what it is and telling people she found other. And, and like the whole episode was going to be about Carol knowing how to lie to people when it's necessary. And she lies to everyone and tells them it's something better, but it's really they're all eating rat. Uh, but know, that, that could have been interesting. Uh, but, of, but of course not. And <laughs> that that's what I'm saying. Stop using titles that are so one word and so simplified that people are bound, intelligent viewers who respect the show, who have respected the writers for so long and give them so much slack that they are going to project more intelligent ideas onto the story and title than you are willing to write. Yeah. Okay. You know, like remember when The Walking Dead in like season uh, six, when the saviors are introduced and they block up all the roads. And it was like, like it's your last day on earth. That was, that, that was, was the name of. Yep. That, and that was, that was a fun little hot, like hotly edited situation. Merle Davis says, I'm going to go take a nice big Daryl. I'm going to go to the bathroom, which is my new name for his shit. Uh, AMC is obviously, pla- <laughs> is obviously planning the cooking spinoff shows. And uh, Elizabeth, shit, Elizabeth Becker names it. Uh, yeah. Someone go with Merle. He needs a shit buddy. And Elizabeth says, yeah, it's going to be called the walking dead survivor cooking. And I, I could, I could absolutely see that. There's, I, they're, they are planning that the walk the Walking Dead may be a- ending, but the Walking Dead extended universe is only beginning tonight. Starring your own Walking Dead mom, Carol's Kitchen. We're gonna see the new Walking Dead series, The Walking Dead Survivor Cooking, well, starring Carol. And it would it would have also been nice if it's happening. We used more of the imagery. I'll, here, I'll change the episode instead of Daryl being a reference to the rat. Have Carol be the reference that she is the rat. She is the thing that gnaws at things, that mm. overthinks things, that brings disease and death upon anything that she comes near, and that she feels like the only way to fix it is to get rid of herself, to exterminate herself. So not it doesn't have to be literally like killing herself, but getting rid of herself shooing it away again, um, again for the seventh time because yeah. they've done because it's because again they've, they they. Right. Right. Like she's left so many times and each time she leaves, it's like you could have a compelling story when she leaves, but they kind of fuck it up every time that she is by herself. Because, you know, the first few times, like in season seven or whatever, when Morgan's kind of going in between, I'm killing people and I'm not killing people. uh, And he's like, do you want to know what happened at Alexandria? Um, And he talks about how Negan killed Glenn. You know, she's literally thriving just outside of the the community's walls. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's her back, and you're like, what was the fucking point of all that? Yeah, she's hanging out like Billy, like uh, Miracle Max in the Princess Bride, hanging out. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm back. I'm hopefully back. Sorry about that, everyone. I think the a- AMC caught up with me. <laughs> real life technical difficulties i think my webcam's all fucked up or something uh give me one second if i'm back let me know sorry about the actual technical difficulties let's see if i can join with david 
Give me one second. I, I don't know. My computer pulled a fucking nutty. I think my webcam died. And uh, let me uh, let me let me get back together. We're back. OK, awesome. One second. Let me just. Uh, cool. All right. Well, <laughs> welcome back, folks. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, so, sorry. I'm pretty sure AMC shut us down there for one second. We'll be. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you uh, handle your side. I'll just chat with them. For yeah, a just chat with the chat um, for a second. Well, yeah, guys, see, there's a lot of ways, like you guys were talking before in the chat about how, you know, music can be used to help tell the story that not, you can't necessarily describe or you don't know exactly how to word with some of your actors. And, you know, we've had a lot of moments like that. The ones that I've already mentioned when they first arrive at Terminus, um, that song, you know, Be Not So uh, Fearful or whatever that plays. Um, and uh, they, they don't really utilize that anymore. They, they've gotten close a couple of times. Like there was one episode that ended with some song, I think it's called like the one, two, three, four or something like that, where it was like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, mm. two, three, one, two. And it had like interesting shit going on where you were dealing with like Lydia, Daryl, Negan, and the drama with like Henry and stuff like that back when he was alive. Die, Henry, die. Uh, and yeah, like this is an episode that if you aren't going to have a lot of good dialogue spoken, then your music needs to carry you. Your music needs to be something that is memorable, that makes people feel something. Um, because you're you're not spending the, the money on actors talking. You know what I mean? It's like you you need to invest that money into the episode. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, okay, I think I, I think I am back uh, in in full force now. Weird thing that happened. My my con- entire computer froze and then was like stuck frozen for a minute. So I thought you were frozen, and then I realized I couldn't move anything. And then it sort of reset all my settings. So hopefully that won't happen again. If it does happen again, I absolutely apologize. Sorry for the technical difficulties. That Hopefully on the playback, it will just like edit that part together. Maybe, or it'll just be me standing there going, oh no, did I lose him? <laughs> like, what did I do? Yeah, what did you do? Did, did, you, did you fuck it up for some reason? No, I don't. I'm I don't. sorry. I don't think it was it was bizarre. We, I didn't even get like a warning that shit was fucking up there. But but anyways, thank you, everyone in the live chat for sticking with me there on the quick break. I hope you had a chance to go to the bathroom, get some snacks. I, I as I said, I personally think AMC flagged the video because we were we were getting to something there. But whatever, we'll we'll uh, we'll take another shot and uh, keep going here because I think I think we might have been on to something with that they're planning on doing a Carol's Kitchen show and uh, I think uh, they don't want us to ruin okay so she dog's hunting a rat she heads out Jerry wants her soup so she's searching for supplies and she makes a searching for stones joke so we go out to the uh, to the to the walker we see a walker in the walking dead and I was surprised for a minute because I was like, Oh gosh, danger for a second. But no, it's no danger. Cause she starts talking shit to the camera. And as much as I love the character of Carol, I, I must admit the way she was, maybe they could have gotten a better take on this. I don't want to get into so much into the, the minutiae of acting here, but the way she said, come on, you guys, 
you think you guys can take me? I, it was it was almost like a comic side take there. I don't know. It's, yeah. It seemed like an outtake to me. Uh, I've noticed, and I, I don't know why they keep doing this. They had the same exact moment when Aaron and uh, uh, Gabe were like knocking on the door to that that warehouse, and like walkers were like arms were coming out, and they were chopping them off, and they just acted completely annoyed and like, uh, like what are these dead things doing in there? It's not like we've been dealing with it our whole lives for the last 10 years. And I get it. At this point, it's like they're a nuisance. They're no longer even a threat, really, unless if they're on top of you directly. But, guys, um, it's called The Walking Dead. You can't take the entire element of the dead out and have it be the same show because when you do that, the only time it initially worked was when we first came back from the big uh, six-year jump and everybody, there was blacksmithing and people were on horses and it looked like a Western. It was it's a new like, world. Dude, oh, I'm, I'm feel, it's a new world. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this kind of West world approach to The Walking Dead where people have society crumbled, but now we are going back to where we're like medieval, mid, uh, medieval Western vibes. And I just loved it. Yeah, it was like seeing like uh, in that movie uh, Sucker Punch when it's like retro kind of steampunk everything, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah, change it up, do something different with it." And and then they just kind of drop that. Now there's only one horse, <laughs> only one horse and one dog, and that's it. And uh, it's definitely there's one dog, and it is dog. Elizabeth asks the question. Matt asks, is there some of the writing or even episode plan due to the COVID and restrictions, or do we believe this was already planned to kind of suck, separate paths, little interaction? What I think was, and this is, I don't know anything. I, I'm, I, I know. I, I, my insiders told me. Now, I don't know anything. This is my speculation that all of these storylines from this these six episodes were going to be part of the final season as B stories or lesser plots, as character fleshing out things mixed in with the main action of the season. And they decided to get use this as an advantage to set some things up, i.e. the Carol and Daryl spinoff series with some of their tension. Uh, the, the Maggie stuff, getting Maggie's backstory out of the way of her, how she got back in with the group. Last, the episode with the Terminator is probably just a one-off to give the actor some work to do. Uh, and the Negan episode is something I know they've been planning to do for a while, and this is just probably the perfect opportunity to do it. So, so I right. do, I do think some of this is is cleaning up stuff that they probably had had around for a while that they just wanted to get to, and they didn't have time to get to. They're like, oh, we need we need to set up Princess at some point. Now's the perfect time. We haven't given De Aaron stuff to do before. We got the Terminator that wants to make a guest appearance. Let's write a good episode. Well, and. I hope you're right, and I hope Joe is right, because Joe was really hitting that point home the last yeah. couple of shows. He sold me on it a bit. I, I hope that they are just trying to flesh this shit out so that they can really focus on shit in season 11, because I'm telling you, with the last season, don't you dare have a fucking filler episode when you only have 16 episodes left to finish this off. Don't you dare Game of Thrones this, because you guys haven't given off that vibe before, but don't, don't have a bad case of senioritis and slack your entire last year and, and leave everybody on a, in a bad uh, way, okay? And not to mention the fact that a way to make this shit more interesting when you don't have death like walkers coming at them 
is you remind people that there are still problems that happen outside of Daryl and Carol's, you know, uh, interactions that people have to deal with, i.e. Ezekiel's thyroid cancer. Um, what about people breaking a leg, losing a limb, uh, dealing with diseases, kind of like Gabriel had the infection? I mean, these are things that- What if someone gets mono? On any other show. What if someone what? gets mono? What if they get mono? You know, like what happens if Jerry is making out with his Muslim wife and she gets mono and then all of her kids get mono? I don't know if that's how it's transmitted, uh, but what if? But at least there could be some tension there where people are dying anyway. It's kind of like uh, there was that tension with Sadiq. Remember when someone, that guy, was it Dante, was poisoning the water and everybody was getting oh, sick? Oh, yeah, that, 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 yeah. Was, that was kind of an interesting little subtle story. And, and I to your point about season 11, I couldn't agree with you more on that. When we're in the final stretch of The Walking Dead and you want to kind of put balls to the wall, final season shit and get that, get the whole final season hype train thing, bring back some of the people that you've lost, set this all up for this Rick Grimes movie, bring, because what I think, it's going to be actually 24 episodes, what I, what I, and it's going to probably be separate into three sections of those episodes so it's going to seem like three seasons worth of stuff in those 24 episodes but it's and I do think for the last group I'd be surprised to answer the question that Jay was asking a couple weeks ago and to answer it before now we have David here too I get because I'm going to get his opinion on this I do think Andrew Lincoln will be back on the show for at least a three three four episode arc if not for a bigger chunk of the final season it's going to be and i don't know if the rick grimes movie is going to have anything to do with it if it will just fill in the gap i think once we get to whatever the community whatever the stormtrooper people that's where we're going to be the helicopter brought and uh, the trash lady brought rick and rick's going to be there and we're going to we are going to see rick again whether he is the Rick we know before or has changed into a different person to a certain extent uh, is yet to be determined if he sticks around, rejoins the group, or if it's a one-off sort of guest appearance like Tasha Yar showing up on on uh, on or Andrea Zuckerman after she left 902 and showing up for an episode or two and then leaving again. I, I don't know what it's going to be, but what do you think? Will Andrew Lincoln return to the show in the final season in some way? I, I think in some way he will. However... The only way that I could see that working is if you do 16 episodes, um, you release the first Walking Dead movie in between the after the 16 and before the last eight. And then you see that, and then the last eight also features him. Like, he comes right. into that. Yeah. But you cannot have it where the show ends and you bring him onto the show for a few episodes, and then the movies happen, because there's no way that that will work. That's going to be like Infinity War and that Spider-Man Far From Home movie. Like, what did this take place just before? Did it Day, take I think it was, I think it was days after. I don't think it... Like, and it's sort of like, yeah, you're, you're muddying the fucking waters here, folks. You know, like, yes. if it was after, then this pales in comparison. If it was before, that's really unfortunate. Um, and uh, to agree with, with Atari Dad, here uh, he was saying the show's grounded in reality and once once the characters are good at killing zombies the threat's gone and you can't have super zombies in a show like this i'm not saying you need that not at all i mean and they've done a decent job of having still some really good special effects and stuff like that yeah, but what the- you need 
is if it's based in reality, then real world things like infections, death and loss, and babe miscarriages, things like that, those are real problems that characters have to deal with and see how it affects them. And that is the stuff that's interesting. The, the dynamic between Gabriel, uh, Rosita, and uh, Sadiq, although it wasn't my favorite, at least it, it was something, yeah. The dynamic. It explored their dynamic and how it's almost like a like a commune where they're like, yeah, it's almost like a weird three a thruple. Yep, it was it was like know? it was like the uh, show My Two Dads there for a second, and uh, yeah. we let's go to the let's go to the voicemail line. We have a couple of voicemails from uh, from our good bu- from Jay and Tim, and I think one of them is a question for you, David. Uh, let's, so let's see what uh, Jay has to ask you, David. Let's see. Question for the Walking David. Can two stupid people have a conversation with each other? The stupid translate the stupid. So you were say- that's in reference to you saying you can't have a conversation with a stupid person. Can two stupid people have a conversation? Absolutely. You know why? Because they're both stupid and they won't pick up what the other one's laying down. But it'll be equal. You know what I mean? It's sort of like, you know, when you're really smart, you tell a joke that goes over everybody's heads. Well, when you're both stupid, that doesn't happen. You know what I mean? You say you fart and the other person laughs. <laughs> I love farts. Okay, let's just do another one of Jay's messages. I don't watch the show anymore. I'm going to give an opinion on uh, the thing you guys are talking about. Okay, let's hear it. Um, the show is in the season uh, Is this in the season before its last season. This is the uh, eve season of the thing. So they have already passed the point where they need enough episode to get the show syndicated. They passed the point where they needed uh, whatever to, like, make bonuses or whatever kind of money they get from the show being successful. And now they're just waiting for residual checks. The writers are just like, hey, the show's going to end next year. People, The fans are never going to stop watching. You kind of helped it out by kept this show going. You're, you're, you're my, oh, I'm culpable. Oh my god! So you're you're helping out. Their, I'm culpable. Um, their bad behavior. Oh my so god. you should blame yourself. Oh my god! I think I've told you that before. He, All right, later. He has. I'm sorry to talk over the end of your message there, Jay. So so so, am I culpable to? Uh, is is that is that the moral of the story here? It's my. It's partially my fault. I can't tell you how many times I, I see a character on The Walking Dead make a bad decision, and I go, it, like, and I just, you know, it is like some of the people I know. So I know we're lucky enough to have some folks pop in and that have supported us, and some people that have fallen off uh, because because. What we do here is uh, I'm not under any imagination that I know some folks come to watch me or you or Joe or Tony or any of the other guests that that we have on here. But mainly people come in support of the shows that they're watching. And I and I see people come in and talk about The Walking Dead and they've come and they've gone and whatever. But I do see some people say I continue to watch The Walking Dead just to come here and listen to this. So it's hashtag blame Phil for The Walking Dead. I think there is something to be said about that. Or, or not I, just least, me, not just me, but but people that continue to talk about this show, the the Walking Dead sycophant. A thousand, you are responsible for a couple thousand out of the one point four million uh, people. At this point, a couple. At this point, a couple hundred usually, but but yes, a couple, of, a, a couple, but yes, yes, with the podcast, with the audio cast, yeah, a couple of thousand a week or so. And, and so, 
I, I get, I guess, a little bit of what you're saying. Uh, they have hit their syndication. They're really under no obligation anymore to necessarily try. Uh, however, this is the opportunity. It's my fault. Just like with Game of Thrones, and George Martin said this, uh, George R. R. Martin said this, you know, we have enough material to go on to season 13, yeah. but those guys chose not to do it. And rather than just leaving the show in good hands with people who are such diehard fans who understand the stories, who can really write some beautiful material for that, instead of giving them their shot, you chose to just peter this thing out and kind of barely just eke across the finish line. Instead of trying to win the race, leave Try to have the one of the best seasons you've had since season five. I, that's the that's the goal. That's what should be the goal. And, Don't fucking peter out. And that's what I hope they do in this final season. Like really, just say fuck it. We've made our money. We are a syndication. We're going to be a franchise. The people that have supported us will continue to support us throughout history. We'll we'll have a resurgence. The show will come back at some point in time in some fashion in one of these spinoff series. Let's just go out with a fun last season and and actually make it good and uh and that that's 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 the shame of it because the walking dead could have could have probably just stuck to a tighter shorter thing but they chose to to push it off and i think amc definitely is culpable in the situation and i remember around the time that season four of breaking bad aired the first two seasons of breaking bad were not a hit season three it started to take off seasons four it was a bona fide hit and vince gilligan said well my story ends in season five i'm done and amc said well, you know, you're get you're you're getting all this popularity in the next two or three years. Your show will be the most popular show in the world. You should keep it going. You know, why don't you give us eight or nine seasons? You could pad this story out a little bit. Why don't we Why don't we see the inner workings of Walt's empire and really flesh that out for a while? And Vince Gilligan said, No, 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 no. My story's five seasons. And they said, Come on, come on, Vince, give us a little bit more. And he agreed. Fine. You know what I'll do? I'll give you a five more episodes I think he gave him or six more episodes and that's where you got yeah. that little storyline where Vin, where uh, where uh, Walt and Jesse became uh, heist thieves for like a brief moment in the final season where they had to like uh, spoiler alert where they had to like uh, hijack a train and do it which led to some interesting storylines that they did because they're a good writing team but that was extra stuff that probably wouldn't have been in the main narrative that he wanted to tell that was his compromise with AMC so that's Vince Gilgan who has a strong will let's push this over to the the Walking Dead family here and AMC giving that similar push around season four or five of The Walking Dead. You guys are awesome. You're the greatest hit. We need to let this show go on forever. Okay, how can we do this? How can we help you? And that was probably more the situation. Let's have a whole season that takes place in a day and a half. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, there's nothing weird about that. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. It works. Stop asking questions. Just consume product and wait for next product. Um, it's uh, that's a nerd crew reference again. I keep referencing. <laughs> I know I can't. I can't help it. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm making like five or six of them uh, tonight too. So I've. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I cannot get enough of those guys. The funniest guys on all of the I, inter interwebs right now. And well, and to jump on what you were saying is, it's like once this show hits syndication, 
which was season eight. Okay, season eight it officially that or was that the hundred episodes? Yeah, hundred episodes. And once it hit syndication, and it was already playing as if it was syndicated. They had already green kind of lit playing reruns. That's why they had Walking Dead marathons that would happen in between seasons. I mean, they would just play it and play it and play it. And it plays on tons of other channels across the globe. Yeah, now they have like Pluto TV, which has the Walking Dead channel probably that just plays the Walking Dead 24-7. You know, there's there's, yeah. there's that sort of shit. I don't know how that works into syndication deals with streaming stuff now. I just I, It's probably just a new game and new... You would know probably more about that stuff than me. Well, the thing that has always been compelling about these shows, if Breaking Bad, sorry, I'm not going to try to spoil anything, but I can be vague about it and still get my point across. With Breaking Bad or like The Sopranos, we see characters evolve as characters and devolve as characters. Mm -hmm. And we, we see it spread out but not we always get hints of it you know what i mean when we see like the phil's talked about that when uh pussy uncle pussy is uh, a rat you know we get glimpses we get glances we get vibes and we see little tidbit scenes and they're not very long it's not very much but it gives uh, the audience enough to know oh shit this is going to go south if somebody ever finds out yep. and then we even hear him reiterating to people Tony's suspicious of me. He keeps giving me these looks, and I, I think he knows. And and then you and then we see the looks. Yeah, close. Yeah, you see they they run into that guy that they know. Oh, you're from Dover. I've never met anybody that we know from Dover. You know, like and you see all of those things kind of intersect. It's these small little pieces that don't seem that big, but you as the writers and the writing staff, you make an entire spread that covers the entire wall of where these story arcs are going. And you need to have, you know, a clear vision of where it's going, how to get there, and make sure that along the way that these characters are making decisions that it makes sense for them to make, or it shows them grow as a person. That's why a showrunner is, again, as important as a great, it's not the directors in television, it's a showrunner that has a clear direction. Or if you're having one of the cinematic universe type things, you need to have a clear direction. You can't just throw shit at the wall and hope it sticks. I want to get through a couple comments and then we're doing everything to avoid talking about the episode. Uh, and it's not, Sorry. no, it's not your fault. I'm, I'm talking. I want to talk about Breaking Bad. It's better. Jay says Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones is depressing. I would have been fine with the last season being the last as long as they didn't make Arya the faceless killer, leaving her sibling in jail. I wish I'd never watched the show. Elizabeth says science and history shows. Uh, and Jay, I think a lot of people agree with you there. Elizabeth Becker, science and history shows that other people are the most dangerous threat than pestilence, famines, plagues, disease, and they have no medical infrastructure or industry. Death in childbirth is real to what Dave was saying earlier. Like, yeah. Right. And uh, to add to her point, to finish her comment, the issue should be hitting them from within and from the outside. Hashtag reality. And that's something Joe always says. And you're saying too, David. And it's 100 percent truth. The stuff that I don't always take into account. If you're doing a show that's based in realism and then you pick and choose the moments when you want to focus on that realism and at other times ignore it, either set up a universe that is almost you know, almost in heightened reality where things like that where where someone can recover like wolverine you just don't talk about it but if you set up a world that in one moment you see someone suffering from an infection and getting scratched and they turn then you see someone getting all over them and they're like walk away like 
like their fucking uh, uh, pun intended Teflon. Shout out to Tony Teflon. Uh, Teflon, and uh, and you just bounce the fuck off them, and and suddenly they recanonize the show where scratches don't turn people. I guess, but someone someone told me that, but that's fucking bullshit. But Elizabeth's yeah. making some good points. Well, and just to tack on, kind of again, is real life. Like we don't live in an apocalypse, but I guarantee you, you've had things that have been gut wrenching during this pandemic uh, that have have been horribly depressing, but would be utterly engaging to people. Like insane stories that when you tell it to people, they go, "Holy fuck! I can't believe that's happening to you right now." Right? I'm so sorry, and. And it really tugs at your heartstrings. And why we can't have that in this show, there's no excuse. Yeah. It, as far as I'm concerned. It really is. And I think that all comes down, and I don't want to, because can't, we can't help it. And we set this up at the beginning that we're going to be like this. And that's why YouTube shut me down for a second and we had to come back because I'm going to repeat myself. It's just, it's the same loop. It's the, the writer's... If they want to do episodes like this, it's not about needing fucking bloodshed and being bloodthirsty on The Walking Dead. If you're going to do things like this, it needs to mean something. It needs to be coming from clever leadership of the show direction that's pushing a meeting, not a show that's like, this episode's about how Carol and Daryl are better apart, or I mean, are worse apart, and when they come together, it's, um, what is it about? Because that's not what this episode's about. Even if you're telling me that it's about how they're better, or no, they're worse when they're apart, and they should get back together, that's not what was on screen. It was more like, uh, that they, that they feel trapped by each other, and oh, I guess maybe it was... It was about Carol being MacGyver-ish and being and and a rat symbolizes. You need, you need to show symbol, that when they're if they're better together, then, then you need to show that when they are apart, that something that Carol would have done that Daryl didn't do affects Daryl. It's and something that Daryl would have done that Carol didn't do affects Carol. It's confusing me. I don't know. No, I'm sorry. Well, again, I'm, I'm nerd crewing this. Well, and, then it, and, then, and then Carol means Daryl. And then Carol means Daryl. Daryl means Carol. It, it, it's a complete... This is... There's too much of this, like... This is what I've always said to people. And this goes for a lot of, like, indie filmmaking and television and stuff. And I've had to do it before, too. I'm so guilty of this in my earlier years mm -hmm. doing it. Which is, I would watch somebody watching what I'm doing and I would sit behind them and I would explain to them what I meant this scene to be. I would go, yeah, so see what's happening here is that he's worried about his mother. And so she, she he's taught, saying I'm concerned there. So mm -hmm. that's, that's where that happened. And it's like, listen, as a director, you don't get to sit behind every single member in your audience and tell them what you meant. You have to be able to show and not tell. Yeah, and you don't want a character in there saying to the, now this is what this means. I mean, you need that kind of stuff sometimes to set up scenes, but you don't want to just tell the audience what it means either. You want to show them within an action on the screen in clarity what something means, what, what it actually fucking means. Right. Ugh. Fuck. Great. To, oh, get together. So now if you're... This, is, this chat is cracking me up. In today's episode of The Walking Dead, Carol tries to catch a rat. Dog wanders off and Daryl reads a book. That is the that is the best spinoffs. Oh, so to get back to this. Let, uh, let's, yeah, yeah, sorry. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. I want to finish this so we can get to the couple voicemails and close out. This was some fun discussion here. But, but let me, uh, let me, let me uh, get into this. Oh, wow. No, I see what, I see what's happening on my, on my computer. Why is my friend? I'm sorry. Fucking, uh, fucking updates making 
my frames go crazy tonight. The f Mr. Frame is fucking me tonight. Okay, so let's get let's let me get some music. Okay, so we're in the woods. Daryl's searching for some. He's searching. He's searching. Yay! Yay! He found some. Uh, he found some engine parts or some gas or some shit. So he moves on to the next area. Then he finds another car. A walker's inside the car. He opens up the engine, takes a look. He goes under the car. The walker moves and gets him stuck under the car like a rat, like Carol trapping the rat. This is the parallel of the episode, and it's deep. It's so deep. You don't get it? We're trying to be deep here. And he yells at the walker, hey, stop moving. I mean, this is, again, Peabody Award performing by Norman Reedus in this moment. He's spanking it. Spanking. Spanking. The walker. Spanking. A spanking. And a spanking. The walker. And he's spanking. A slopper. A slopper. A slopper. Joe. Slopper Joe, Slopper Joe, spanking the walker, Slopper Bok. Okay, so then we continue over here. <laughs> Carol comes back, and she's bloody. She's June Claver after killing a bunch of walkers. Bloody, it's soup time. She's got some clovers. You all right? No, I'm all fucking bloody. She's got a rat, a fucking fucking rat. She caught the rat, but she lost the rat. The rat runs all over the place. It's a fucking mess. It fucked up all over the fucking shit. It's a brilliant episode. So back to Daryl. Back to Daryl. She's got the rat. Now, Daryl is escaped just like a rat. He's got a small knife. He gave it to Carol. And he says, has to, oh, now he has to find the small knife. He has to fix his fucking bike. Oh, I will. I'll definitely play your voicemail, Merle. That, that's why I'm trying to get through this shit quick. <laughs> so we can play the voicemail. Because we need I need to get through this. So so we go off to Carol. And then she's trying to find the she's trying to fix the solar panel thingy. Sorry, I'm sorry about that, guys. And uh <laughs> Okay, back to it. Yeah. And then the solar panel thing comes in. Jerry goes over to you. Hey, you. Shut up, you motherfucking Jerry. Fix, 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 fix it, you fix it, fix everything, you gotta fix your life. Jerry watches her fuck her shit up. Fuck her shit up, cause she is Carol. She's in a loop, just like the song Have is a loop. Lost way the apocalypse. 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 Lip. Libby. Lips. Okay. So. Uh, Man, the apocalypse. Jerry watches her. It's exciting. She uh, she turns her light. She has power. Yay. Off to Daryl walking the bike as he sees more walkers. Daryl sizes up the situation. And it's hard to get any tension in this situation with Daryl. Sorry. It, it's it's hard to get any tension with Daryl in this situation where he's seeing all these walkers in the bike after we just saw Carol alone go all ape shit and go, come on, walkers, take me in a fight. After that whole situation. Oh, come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. After she did the, the come at me, bro, it's kind of tough. Tough to see Daryl get almost scared of these walkers. So let's go back. Oh yes. So he keeps walking, checks at the scene. There's a hole. He steps in the hole. He gets a stick to draw their attention. He walks fast. Oh fast. There's no panic as he walks fast. He just goes, hey. There's some motherfucking walkers behind me. Hey. Follow me, guys. Come on, guys. Come on. He gets one in the hole. He, he drops down in the knife in the bottom of the hole. He gets a knife. He stabs them. There's all these stupid walkers. Daryl calls it an asshole, and he says, bye, asshole, as he's wrestling with him, and he cuts him, and, but he still doesn't kill him. I don't know. It's a mess, but there's some action in there anyways. So then back to the bike. Yeah, add this to a song playlist, 98 minute loop. It's the, uh, if people don't know, it's the, uh, just before I, I'll start the loop again in a second here. It's, uh, it's actually the, uh, it's just the what, what did Joe think song looped. Weird. Okay. So, uh, 
I need a sound drive moment like, oh, hey, it's David. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, it's David. Yeah. this is david this is what david thought this is what david okay now that's talent turn this shit into a catchy tune uh, we'll, we'll we'll see i got a i got it going for a second there then i then i was pushing it part, part of the reason is i'm having trouble reading my own words but it is still more exciting even if i'm fucking up and this is an embarrassment of uh of vocal poetry it's still better than this episode so let's continue let's finish it this way because it's more fun or wait well i could try i could try a different one okay here we go So he gets back in the hole, he gets more supplies, he gets seems excited by rations, he fix, fix, fixes the bike, fix, fix, fixes, uh, fixes the bike. All Daryl's story is about this time is fix, fix, fixin', fixin' the bike, he's fix, fixin', fixin' the bike, fixin', fixin', fixin' the bike, fixin' and fixin' and fixin' the bike, it's time for an ocarina solo. He fixes the bike, fixes the bike, motherfucking motherfucker fixes the bike. Generator, okay, back to Carol. Okay, it's Carol and Daryl. Add, okay, dog. Dog gets Carol, Carol gets dog. He's a good boy, he gets his scraps. Both are excited, they hear the rat, and Daryl releases the motherfucker. He chases that thing, dog puts it on. It looks like Master Splinter outmastered, outsmarted, I'm fucking it up now. Okay, it looks like Master Splinter outsmarted Carol. Uh, so basically she traps the rat, but she loses it. Now mouth-watering dog, as Carol chases the rat and loses it, she ties, she ta she puts a rag in a hole to stop a rat. That's not gonna work. You need you need steel wheel, steel wool, and even that a rat might get through. So uh, she yelled, "How dogs not helping?" The generator stops working at night, and there's no more cooking. And she'll cook more in the morning. She asks dog lots of questions, and and yes, David, it's it's not exciting talking about Carol and dog scenes. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you got an okra. <laughs> Thank you guys for for uh, appreciating my ridiculosity to try to make this more excited. David's like, turn the fucking music back on and play another ocarina solo. I don't want to hear about this shit. So Daryl's, oh wait, more. Daryl is fixing and fixing and fixing his bike, fixing and fixing and fixing his bike, fixing and fixing and fixing his bike, fixing and fixing and fixing his He's fixing, fixing, fixing his bike. Fixing and fixing and fixing his bike. Fixing and fixing and fixing his bike. Daryl and Carol walk downstairs. Oh gosh, it's time for a vermin. Vermins make noise. She starts cutting shit in the hole. She's just taking a knife and going all knife, 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 motherfucking knife, knife, motherfucking knife, knife, motherfucking knife, 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 motherfucking knife. See, do you know what's ridiculous about this? That this episode, and people tuning in right here, I was like, I wanted to hear an interesting discussion about this episode of The Walking Dead. I feel like all the interesting discussion about this episode happened in the first 30 minutes, and everything else that we can say about this episode is just nothing more. So all I can do is randomly scat about this fucking episode. There's not much else I can do, David. Oh God! Okay. Well, fuck me. Uh, Sorry. This episode, man. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not done yet. There's still more. But, but... <laughs> no, there's still more. 
So, so we're almost done, David. So Daryl is fixing more of his bike. Daryl wakes up. He Dog wakes up. He tries to wake up Carol. She quiets him. They hear something. Daryl fixes his bike again. Dog and Daryl head downstairs. They look for what vermin's making the noise. She starts cutting holes and tearing the room apart. The next day, the pressure cooker is cooking. She's cleaned up the mess from last night. Jerry is there again. He wants to check her out, and he's worried about her. Can't you let me suffer in peace? And we get into this whole thing about Jerry having to help people. And the end... No, 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 no. Why do we have to keep going down these whole things? We did it with Ezekiel. Is this just to remind us that Jerry loves Ezekiel? And he quotes the the Ezekielisms and they have a moment where you got to believe in yourself, Rocky. You got to fight the fight. Ze- it, it's, it's what it's going to be is because Ezekiel is definitely going to die at some point And then Jerry is going to pick up the moniker and they're going to call him the king or something. And then he's going to repeat all of Ezekiel's bullshit. That's... I- I think like, I, I think you may be I think you may be right. He's gonna be like leading at. I mean it's like he's he's gonna be like this I knight you, Sir Jerry. Ha <laughs> He's gonna be like Hurley leading the island at the end of Lost. Yeah, spoiler, you motherfuckers. So uh so yeah. It's been twenty years. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it's okay. So Daryl is back in town and she tries to clean the scar- scarf and the scarf must represent the relationship between Carol and Daryl. And she just throws them shits out. Daryl uh dog runs over the daddy and Daryl and Carol asked what the hell happened to each other as they both had another adventure. It was the same. Yep, just the same, guys. Truer words have never fucking been spoken. How was the dog? Dog was a good boy. Dog was a good boy. And then she goes to hand back the tool, and Daryl gets the look on the face like, Where was that thing when I was fixing the bike? Fixing the bike. Fixing the bike. Where was that thing when I was fixing the mic? I had to go on a motherfucking adventure. Where was that thing with that we fixing your mic? Checking your mic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you tell I've been listening to a lot of Adam Sandler music in the last couple of days? Yeah, say, this is really. I've been uh, listening to the Lunch Lady song on repeat. I fell asleep. And, and chopping broccoli. Yeah, I, fe- I fell asleep. But it's funny you say that because what happened was I went to bed last night to because uh, I, I got the Lunch Lady song stuck in my head. So I went to bed uh, by, you know, streaming YouTube onto my little television there into my Roku to be able to watch uh, that song. And it kind of put me to sleep. And then it led into the Hanukkah song and a couple of other Adam Sandler songs. And I fell asleep and I woke up in the middle of the night a couple of times and I was stuck in some Saturday Night Live music playlist on YouTube. And it played pretty much everything from uh, from the Blues Brothers uh, I'm a soul man to dick in the box all night. I was just listening, like subconsciously listening to Saturday Night Live songs, including Chopping Broccoli was mixed in there there. So I think that's part of the inspiration for my goofy ridiculosity. So that's the end of our episode of The Walking Dead. And uh, Dog was sorry. He went with Carol. Daryl never yells at him. Absolutely. Carol, Carol went. Carol yelled at Dog. That was that was bad. When Saturday Night Live used to be funny, wait, Walt actually supposed to, Walt actually is supposed to become the new Lost Jacob according to DVD exclusive epilogue on Lost. I mean, I, Lost is a different thing. I should do a Lost podcast at some point, but we'll we'll get into that at another point. Anyways, David, anything else you want to say about this episode that have we we haven't already read already before we play a couple of voicemails? Um, yeah, maybe. Uh. 
I feel like I was singing and talking a lot and and uh, and and making making you rest a little bit. So if you if you right, if you yeah. want to go in any more rants about this episode uh, before we get into the the uh, the the end part of the show where we get into some of the other stuff, feel free. It's uh, take over for a while, David. Basically, is what I'm saying. Well, it's like Walking Dead people uh, who writers on the show. Please have some consideration for the viewer because maybe this episode wouldn't drag as much if there wasn't uh, an equal amount of commercials to episode ratio. But um, the fact of the matter is that, you know, even if you recorded this, you had to skip so much shit. And for you to come back from commercial and basically nothing to have happened uh, is just ridiculous. I mean, 10. Uh, seasons into a show and you can't have anything for these characters to be doing that progresses the plot in any way. I mean, not even anything. You don't need much. You know, Daryl finds a hint that Rick's still alive. He finds something like a like a spur from a cowboy boot or something like that. It doesn't have to be anything that crazy. And if you're hinting at a, a spinoff show with Daryl and Carol or, uh, sorry, I'll wait for him to put his headphones back on. Uh, if, if you're hinting at a spinoff show or something for Daryl and Carol, I, I get that you're trying to build some tension there, but at this point in time, you need to start making it feel like Daryl and Carol have a good reason to leave this community. And other than just telling us that she's like, I could leave, I, I could, and showing the fact that the, the, the way that they're clearly trying to show that they should be going somewhere else is that they like being out there, frankly. They, they like being out in, in, the, in the real world, out in the woods, on the prowl, on the road, because the stationary life just doesn't really uh, do it for them anymore. It's sort of like what Carl was saying uh, when they first got to Alexandria. Give me some pudding. <laughs> No. Yeah, you want some pudding? <laughs> you want some pudding? Uh, you want some pudding? Uh, I'm going to die in a few seasons. Could, and have could you album. say you want some pudding like Norm MacDonald? I don't know why. I just saw Norm MacDonald's name. It's, it's, um, <laughs> but Carl was saying, I don't like the idea of staying here because I feel like it's going to make us weak. Mm-hmm. And Rick had to assure him it's not going to make us weak because that's not who we are anymore. But. They had only been there for like a couple of days at the time. After years of being inside the walls at this point, and walkers are now kind of a not a thing of the past, but as far as the threat level, unless if they're right on top of you, killing you or biting you, then they're basically just like wild squirrels. You know what I mean? They're just there, and you don't really fear them. Yeah, uh, and I feel like at that point that was it wasn't just Carl talking, and I think that's kind of your point here. I don't feel like it wasn't just Carl talking about the group. It's also talking about the bite of the show. I think in some ways there were some stuff like Rick, like Rick dealing with that abusive husband dude in that which was intense and and displayed one well once they were in Alexandria. But I think once they showered, once that whole big montage of them showering, cleaning up, it became a different show. You could almost say everything before that point was Walking Dead vol- Volume 1. And I know it's, I'm not 
this is nothing to do with the graphic novel. I'm just saying from a television standpoint, everything leading up to that point, yes, there's subdivisions within that, is volume one of them leading up to coming into a civilization. And then everything from Alexandria on is another point. And then maybe once we get into this community with the dudes with the stormtroopers and shit, it's going to be yet another one where we get into another stage of 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 society, so to speak. So, uh, and it changes the dynamic of the show again. And for this final season at some point, but who knows? And, uh, and I, I hope would if they do do a complete do do, if they do as well, do a complete change of, of tone to the show to a different dynamic again, I hope it's better. Porch Dick. I, yes. Porch, I, Porch I, Dick. I, I miss those days. Yeah. Right. Porch Dick. I remember Pete. Um, it, it's, uh, see, that's what I'm talking about. The reason that that was done so well is because it shows that Rick and his group being out on the road so long that it has affected their state of mind. That Rick, when he is so on edge and his mind is so used to fighting for everything that he has and claiming what he wants to be his and having to basically stomp on top of it and say, this is mine and you're not going anywhere fucking near it, Mm -hmm. that he couldn't. He, he just couldn't leave Pete alone. And that and it wasn't like this lady reminded him of Lori. She didn't look like her. She wasn't good for him. She wasn't, you know, he, he just saw a woman being nice to him. And then he immediately went into like caveman kind of barbarian mode where he just came in and fucked up that whole town. It was so interesting. It was so, it was so interesting. It was such an interesting dynamic to see, shift and to see the parallels of what it's like for a group that would be living in more of a community setting and then and then see our survivors on the run and how those two worlds would clash and it and it worked and again it kept the same tone of what was awesome about the walking dead wasn't it being a a soap opera it was it being and again, analogous for being able to see yourself in some of the characters and question what you would do in those situations. It was it was the human heart in conflict with itself. Yes. It was, you know, you were seeing a guy who, yes, he's happy that he is in a place where he could possibly raise his children. However, he is not a child. He doesn't need this. He's forever changed. And he woke up from a coma into a different world and, and became a different person. Yeah, and, you know... There, there were some brilliant moments where he cries when he's getting a haircut because it kind of probably triggers some memories of either the, the world before. He even says, I never thought I'd get hair like a haircut again. I thought this all was done. I cry and, when I cry when I get a haircut for a different reason, though. Me, me too. But, you know, it's it's a sexual thing. Yeah, but, anyways, it's it's I'm it's sorry. you know how Ferengi or Ferengi's in Star Trek is the ears for me. It's my hair sometimes. Elizabeth says, <laughs> I, I'm with Carl. The kingdom went to ruin. The houses should be falling apart. Where Carol got drywall is beyond me. How they're rebuilding Alexandria with new material makes zero sense. And I'm going to add the tension at the end there. Yes, makes zero sense. Exactly, Ian. If you're popping in and out, I know as we're getting later in the evening here, and we're not quite done, but we're starting to uh, 
shift around that corner here. Make sure if you haven't already, you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and join us again next week for Joe and I to talk about the season finale. But this won't be the last time David joins us. I'm going to be continuing these Sunday night discussions, even after the Walking Dead season, about some other different topics, whether they be random movie discussions or multiple discussions in an evening. I'm going to keep Sunday nights as long as I can, unless I have like a ridiculously early Monday morning or something, or some other you know, crazy commitment. Sunday evenings around 1030, just going every week. Uh, Joe will be joining me every other week and then every other off week will either be alone or bringing on a guest, possibly Tony, David, uh, Kev Bridge 4, maybe some other friends, maybe Mandrell was in the chat before, uh, have Mandrell on, have uh, a couple of our other friends from the After Darks over here as well. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so Sunday's consider Sunday Night Live the thing so if you're here for The Walking Dead and you enjoy the discussions you want to stick around make sure you hit that subscribe and uh, stick around before you pop out of here this evening but again we're not quite done We've got a couple voicemails one from Tim and one from Cadigat a little longer voicemail so I'm waiting till the end to be able to play them in in full to let our people t- tell but Sundays with Phil are back and uh, we're going to keep the Sunday night thing going as long as I possibly can. And also, my Sopranos evening might be changing. Uh, Wednesday nights, I've been doing the Sopranos every other Wednesday. I think that might cho- change to every other Tuesday or every other Thursday. I have to talk to Matt to figure out a schedule difference because I'm going to be doing Wednesday nights starting this week on Tony Teflon's channel. A weekly Game of Thrones discussion with myself, Tony, and Bridge4. So, uh, and I think it's going to be on Tony's channel for starters, but we may bounce between the channels or put some simulcasty kind of stuff. So make sure if you're fans of Bridge or Tony, uh, check that out. I'll put a post and share, uh, follow the channel, and I'll I'll share the link on the community section and on uh, I'll tweet it out and all that kind of stuff too. So uh, so yeah, check that out on Wednesday evenings. We're going to be talking about the prequel series coming up this coming Wednesday for our first discussion. So. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Play Cadigat's message first. We're ready for some voicemails. Let's play Cadigat's voicemail, which I know is going to be fun here. Uh, and here we go. Hey, Phil. Hey, David. Um, great job, by the way, with the streaming. Uh, this is Cadigat. And um, I just can't help to think that so much comic book material thrown away, just wasted ever since uh, Rick... It's gone, and, just, and not just break, but like Carl. And I just can't help to think how how so much good material that just we're not gonna see it. You know, one of the things that I fucking love from the comic was when uh, Carl and Sophia they get the shit beat out of them, and, and Carl fucking almost kills one. I think kills one and sends one to the hospital. Like, that whole fucking sequence in the comic is fucking so good. And 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 the, the unique friendship that Carl develops with Negan, as Negan is in the prison, you know, instead of going to his dad, Rick, about, you know, girl uh, questions and relationships, stuff like that, he goes to Negan. And that's just such a unique um, relationship that they develop. And, and I was so excited just to... You know, to see it on the TV show, and then all that's just just wasted. And not only that, but like Rick and and Negan also developing kind of like a love hate friendship. You know, having Rick 
trust Negan. David, do you want to pause? In the Whispered War. Yeah, for a second. And One Negan kind of, we're kind of seeing like a different. We will play the rest of your message, caveat, David. Well, what I was going to say to that is it's like, listen, I've, I've already been on the record on this show, like the last time and a few times before that, that I was on that. I do not think that Chandler Riggs was a good actor. How, having said that, Carl was supposed to have so much more to do. And the fact that they got rid of him for whatever reason they did, I don't care. Knowing that they had these time jumps, they could have just held, held it out a little bit longer, not killed him, replaced him with a different actor who was six years older. Because, yeah. you know, you could get some Jake Gyllenhaal looking kid and get some really good actor, give him the eye patch. The kid that plays Robbie on Cobra Kai, the kid that plays Robbie on Cobra Kai or something, like some, some, some fucker. Right, but it's like, because I think it would be awesome. Like, just imagine it, you guys. Like, they had like a big time skip, and we start on the back, and we see like hair, and it looks like Rick's hair, right? It's all slicked back, and someone just... A, a Stranger Things kid. <laughs> right, and it, you just go, you hear, you know, Carl, and... He turns over the side that has like the eye patch, you know what I mean? Kind of like the governor, but it's like, it's someone who's like my age, you know what I mean? He has like a beard kind of like his dad and he's got the slick back hair kind of like his dad, but he's got that intense look. It could be super exciting. Exactly. The and kid that played Sweet Robin. Exactly. I'm I, Anybody. And again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not as down on Chandler Riggs as you are. But I do think if they wanted to get rid of him and keep the character because they had problems with his family, uh, I heard I heard there was rumors of that, like his he had he had sh- showbiz parents that were annoying or something. I, I don't know. I heard a lot of weird rumors about reasons why yeah. maybe he left the, got written off the show. But if they wanted to wanted to get the actor off but keep the character, you're right. They could have just aged him up and and recast. Well, I I would have yeah because shows do that and also after a major time jump of like six years it's definitely makes sense to recast yeah it would have made sense age going from 17 to you know 23 it would be a big difference and you could also find someone who maybe came looked a little bit more like rick and kind of gave the audience those vibes instead of giving the gun to judith which would launch her across the fucking planet if she ever fired a magnum you, know you I could mean? have the dude from you uh, f- play uh, play the fucking dude from Gossip Girl, and you play uh, play young old older Carl. Uh, what the fuck's and his name? Dan Humphrey over there, but he's too old. But 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 whatever. Like, well, I know what you, I know what you, I know what you're saying. I don't like in my mind. I think as a kid actor, like the peak Chandler Riggs acting was at the prison when he killed that kid when he was out with Herschel and he was starting to become like a little serial killer. And Herschel was trying to tell Rick, like your kid gunned that kid down. Yeah. He had the choice and he gunned him down and you need to watch it. And then after that, you cut to his acting when he's like, I'm just another monster too. That's crap. When he shoved that kid Ron before he got shot, that's crap. That makes him look like such a weak ass kid. And he see, he know, seemed to, he seemed to get worse after a certain point. And he got aged after time went on a little bit. By his own admission, he said, "I didn't take it that seriously, and I wish I had. I wish I could go back and redo it because I really didn't give it that much effort." And that's from him. Even after all of this debacle, 
that's from him. I love when I love when actors are honest about that shit. Like Kate Mulgrove, Kate Mulgrove on Voyager always said when she watches her performance back. And Kate Mulgrove, if you don't know her, plays Red on Orange Is the New Black. She played Captain Janeway on Voyager, who is not my favorite of all the captains on Star Trek. Sorry, Voyager fans. And she says, I look at my performance there, and I and I see myself, and I know I didn't give it my all because I was I had split personality, and I was I was trying to do too many things and trying to, and I know I wasn't giving it i was mailing in that performance so i watched that back and i'm embarrassed by a lot of shit and people are like no you're awesome but i'm like i appreciate when actors look at their performance not that they not that you have to be harsh but also be aware when you do something good because you don't want to necessarily emulate that but you want to know what it feels like so you know what the what that what that take felt like so you can search for that feeling again not necessarily repeating it exactly i mean especially in theater you want to create moments and all that sort of shit and i think that's the foundation of it but and you were too they were too picky and choosy with the character because as we all know like in the comic books carl's supposed to be like an eight-year-old or something when he first like loses his eye and then he looks like he has those glasses that has like the one lens that's covering it up and then uh what is it Uh, lydia tells him to or sophia tells him to take it off and like licks his eye socket and then like He's like having sex and he ends up having a kid like really young. And he's oh, we like, get we get it. We I officially gave you a Joe mask because we have the first Joe reference. Joe still maintains that Carl was justified in killing that kid. I yeah, I I'm fine. Listen, I don't care about him killing that kid. I said that that was the peak version of Carl where he looked also the most like the comic book. He acted the most like the comic book. And I really thought that they were going to go a really interesting direction because it's like Carl saying, I did what I had to do. And Riddick is looking at him. Andrew Lincoln really sold it. Like this kid, like whatever I'm doing as a father, I'm lo- I'm losing my kid. I'm losing my kid to this world. And his after his mother died, his mother said, don't let this world beat you and spoil you. And that's happening. He just gunned a kid down. Now, now, David, I have to get to a couple of things in the chat right now. First of all, first of all, the lost discussion that was happening earlier, I was not ignoring your lost discussion. If thou has, even if three of you have said, okay, you'll listen to a lost, lost stream, it gives me an excuse to finally rewatch and I'll do... Uh, season reviews by season. I won't do episode reviews, but I'll do a podcast after each season of Lost and do a quick Lost discussion and make an excuse to do a rewatch because I've been I've been itching for a new old show to talk about. So uh, so there there you go. I'll do a fucking Lost podcast and uh, talking about Star Trek for a second because I can't help but do it. Uh, Bacula was the worst of the captains in that group, Santivia, and. And again, Scott Bakula admits that in one of the best uh, documentaries for Star Trek stuff is the Star Trek captains documentary that Shatner put together. Uh, He interviews all the captains and especially Bakula really gets into it. And that's the that's in that documentary is when Kate Mulgrove talks about that, too. They both get into the performance like where Bakula's like, I already had my show. He's talking about Quantum Leap. So I didn't give it my all. I went in there and I wasn't the captain. I didn't lead the cast. And I our cast didn't have chemistry, partially because I was only half-assing it in that role. And Kate Mulgrove was talking about how she was dealing with like being a mom, a new mom, and 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 doing being and acting at full time and doing both things shitty. Uh, but it's a it's a good documentary if you've never watched it where 
Shatner interviews each of all of the captains, including Chris Pine and uh, none of the fucking discovery bullshit. But uh, but yeah, watch that. Anyways, back to uh, back to the end of Cadigat's message here. Do a do a rewatch of the lost alternative reality game, too. I don't know what that is. Atari dad message me privately. Send send me links of that. David, oh, you looked like you had something to say. Oh uh, no! I'm sorry. I just I didn't mean to interrupt you, Cadigan. Oh no! I, oh no! No, you 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 were fine. You but but I just you you had that uh you had you you had that uh ponderous look like you were about to say something uh I, I, yeah, I know. like you were about to brand you were about to brando out Kalal, my son. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Okay, so let's continue. Side of them, you know, caring for people and shit like that, not being that uh, you know brutal. Towards uh, you know strangers. Instead, we're we're seeing another side of him. Like all that just stuff is. Cadigan, I heard your voice. I'm sorry to stop you, but no, not the numbers. Four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. Oh no, four, eight, sixteen, twenty-five. Ah! The numbers. Just wasted. And great, by the way, Walking David. Great commentary on the music, dude. I fucking nothing gets nothing gives me a lady boner. <laughs> and then the music on the Walking Dead. The fucking music. So good, God! I I can't I I can visualize and and I, when I hear the music I can already in my head imagine what scene that song is playing in. You know what I mean? Like the music was a powerful element, and they just gave up. So yeah, no, I I don't think the show will ever be back. Yeah. Whether Andrew Lincoln comes back, whatever, maybe maybe some of the fanboys will like it, but to me this show would always be seasons one through five. And they reached to Alexandria, and the end. You know what? All right, guys, take care. You know I'll what? You that Bye. was a that was a perfect epitaph to the uh, to the to the Walking Dead right there, Cadigan. It got a little depressing and honest at the end there. That was a great message. But at the end there, I was like, you know what? She's fucking right. Ugh. Yeah, and I believe even uh, Robert Kirkman had said that he had contemplated the idea, like Phil was talking about how amc was like well we can extend this that he had contemplated the show ending when that close-up on rick's face as he hears the children playing behind the gates of alexandria and the show just ending there that would have been so fucking beautiful like if you didn't know that the rest of it existed because especially rick has that great like scene i think an episode or two prior to that where he just goes you know, I'm going to get there and I have to be able to know that I'm going to bring my family in. And he's like, and it might, it might just be like, what did you hear when we came outside the gates of Terminus? And Michonne's like, nothing. And he goes, right. Well, I have to bring my family in, but you know what? It's a risk I'm going to take. I'm going to see. Credit. And when he gets there, you, you hear those kids and it's like there's a, it's such a beautiful shot on his face where he's withered he's got that beard and you you hear happy kind of baby laughs from Judith in the background like she's excited and you know Michonne grabs his hand and is like are you ready and then they just get out of the car and walk in and it's like that could have been a great ending if and knowing th- where it's gone now. And then you get to a point like you don't have to end the story there, but The Walking Dead ends there and everything that happens after that point is like spinoffs in secondary stuff. And and you could call everything else almost The Walking Dead subtitle The Battle for Alexandria, subtitle The Whispers, subtitle The Whatever. It's 
it's not actually The Walking Dead anymore. The Walking Dead ended in that moment as a series. Everything else that happens after that's a spinoff series. And instead of... Because a lot of play, a lot of things will have to keep that name, keep the Prime series to sell the thing because people don't want to watch spinoffs. So they keep the, the main thing, the main snowball rolling. And Kattegat says, yes, Walking Dead, you see it. And uh, why can't we get a show to six? Maybe I'm thinking entire. I love you guys in the live chat. You guys are laughing, making me laugh tonight. Kattegat, oh, dude, I like hearing you. Oh, yeah, don't worry, dude. I like hearing your opinion with, with – uh, interrupt the message let's listen to a little bit of our good buddy tim slash merle's message in the li- from the live uh motherfucking chat so uh, let me get my my tim is merle. my i think i think i think tim is merle i think i think merle is tim's alternate tim's alternate personality of the live chat yeah, I'm, pre- I'm, I'm pretty sure I, i'm uh i'm i'm two things too sometimes in chats so i, I think i think merle's tim i, I could be wrong Hey Phil, hey David. Um, oh, oh no! Great job, by the way. With again, uh, Twi- twice. Wow, Tim, that's an amazing Cadigan impression. Started over. Sorry, I couldn't hear what you said. <laughs> well, that was amazing, dude. That was amazing, Tim. Okay, here we go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the shot the fuck out, Phil. Yeah, Norman Reedus is not the correct Tim says, uh, or Merle Davis says, Tim, Tim is censored by YouTube. I'm Merle Davis. Yeah, I don't don't know who this Tim is. I forget what the old character's name was. I don't so he tries to betray Blaine, ends up getting a claymore him. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was up with that? <laughs> and the whole time what she did, he might well fucking him. I know that guy's gonna do something shitty. He, he did. I love you, Tim. So, yeah, call like go back thing. But whatever. Also, uh, shut the fuck up, walking <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I would have said that one. Like, it's more of a reality. And, uh, <laughs> I can't think of a good song to sing. So let's just pretend I did. We will. Fuck you all. Fuck you. I love you, buddy. <laughs> oh my god. god fuck out, fam. I can't help but that voice that just makes me laugh. Oh Tim, you kill it as always with the with the voicemails. Thank you guys for the voicemails tonight. As always. Cadigate. <laughs> Uh, the the woman's voice that we heard for half a second. Oh, Cadigate, Cat. That was Cadigate. Is that another one? That no, no, no. That was that was the that was that was the beginning of her last message oh, that she left. Okay. I um, wonder what you did. 
huge thank you to Jay Cadigat and uh, Jason Voorhees tonight for our, our voicemails. You guys are amazing tonight. Walking David is gone. Is uh, Atari Dad? You 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 need you need to, you need to listen closely. <laughs> Sometimes uh, I couldn't understand any of that. I watch British television. Too. That's what had me laughing, dude. That that made me laugh my ass off. I can't <laughs> understand it. <laughs> and then every now and then I hear "Shut the fuck up, Phil." That just I don't know why that just makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I love Tim. Tim is Tim is amazing. Uh, what one of our classic classic callers. Uh, and it's always great to get another t- another Tim gem uh, dropping down the house at the end of the night. Uh, Bliss, a sensitive man. Oh my God! Huge thanks to Bliss, a sensitive man, earlier this evening for our super chat donation. You guys are great. The chat attack. We got Nick motherfucking Diaz in the live chat tonight. Thank you, Nick Diaz, for keeping us awake because this episode of The Walking Dead sure as fuck wasn't. So, so it was another just. A, and again, if anyone has any last-minute questions or comments, please throw them in the live motherfucking chat. You can ask us about any direction you want to go. You want to talk about the the Mighty Ducks, uh, first episode of the Mighty Ducks series? No, you don't. But I'll let you know that if you like Emilio Estevez, you'll want to watch this. If you liked Young Guns, if you were a Young Guns fan, if you were a Mighty Ducks fan... Watch the first episode of the stupid Mighty Duck show because you got the fucking stupid Disney Plus anyways because you're watching the fucking Marvel or the Mandalorian the fuck whatever all that shit you're watching anyways so you get the Mighty Duck fucks there anyways so you get to watch Emilio Estevez mug on camera the show is more Fuller House or Punky Brewster than Cobra Kai but it wants to be you know, it wants to be somewhere in the middle it was shitty as shitty as you would expect but watchable. But fucking watchable. Yeah, you are all good, uh, Merle, Tim, whatever. Uh, I didn't know that that was your new account, so. Uh, but it's okay. No. It's, sometimes I got an ear for it. Sometimes I don't. But it's all right. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing, Merle. Always, always keep, keep, keep running. I'm with you, man. These episodes have been so boring. Can't wait from the Negan shit next week, though. Me too. And I was gonna say that the most exciting part of this entire episode tonight was seeing the Negan preview for next week. Because at minimum, we know that Jeffrey D. Morgan's gonna be bringing acting, and it's gonna be captivating with what he brings on screen. Uh, the mighty fucking ducks. Ducks fly together. I watched the first episode. It was, it was, it was what it was. No young guns. Exactly. It was, and I think it was. I didn't hate all the new kids, but it was pretty quick the way they put it all together. Basically, the setup of the new mighty ducks thing is that the mighty ducks, since their successes from the first three movies, have become the hawks from the first movie. They're the big team. Like all the cool kids are on the mighty ducks. We follow a kid that gets kicked off the cool kid team, and his mother w- wants to wants to form her own team. So she gets together the 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 group of all those shittiest players from the school that aren't cool enough to make to make the mighty ducks and. They go to an ice rink that Gordon Ramsay's Gordon Ramsay Gordon Bombay is working at. Gordon Ramsay's like everything's fucking raw. This whole fucking the ice is fucking raw. It's fucked up. That ice is raw. Okay. So st- now stare that. Fu- okay, I'm sorry, Gordon. Stare that fucking risotto right the fuck now. So. So, yeah, so then they go to this place, and Gordon Bombay happens to be working there, and Emilio Estevez is eating food in every fucking scene. It's really stupid, but if you, if you like, if you, 
but so are the other three Mighty Duck movies. And if you like the other three Mighty Duck movies, like all three of them, and you followed it, there's no excuse not to watch this bullshit. It's the same shit. It's just, it's an, it's Mighty Ducks Another Class. It's nothing special, but it was good enough that I'll watch it one night with my dinner, one night a week with my dinner, or miss it and then watch two episodes together because I don't give a fuck and uh, not give a shit. It's one of those series. It's a, it's a, it's it's I scratch my. It's like I fall asleep watching it because it's unoffensive bullshit. That's what I, it is. I I have the theory of like when it comes to shows that like that spin off things that I liked as a kid, I I just won't watch it because I want to have a memory of like, right, right. I fair, fair. You don't, you don't want to go see the, the final tour of somebody of, of uh, the the rock band you liked when you were a kid where they're, they're the balding guys you, you want to remember when you saw them when you were a kid. Yeah. Don't, don't don't meet your heroes and you can't go home again. Just, you know, enjoy for what it was and move on. And I agree. John Taffer on bar rescue. If, even though that that is staged, John Taffer isn't staged. Everything around him is staged. It's like the Truman Show for John Taffer, but Truman gets to react to all the stuff that goes on. So he just walks in, they go, that guy's been embezzling money from his bar. He's just like, I'm not going to help your bar. <laughs> and if you want my fucking help, you need to fire the fucking head chef. That guy's over there drinking rum drinks, and what are you doing? You're blowing your daddy's money. <laughs> <laughs> the, he's, he's the, the best. The chat attack says, "I mean, I mean, actual fuck it. You should do bar risker streams. You should fucking do it." Uh, the I was I was thinking about doing a survivor stream for the ne- for the next season because I actually watch that stupid shit. So I like do a fantasy sports thing with people, like like make make uh, cheesy bets on who's gonna fucking win and who's gonna be voted up. Uh, the, celebrity bikinis. What celebrity? Oh, uh, celebrity bikini. That was what the show. What one one might check it out. Doom Patrol. Oh, Doom Patrol. I've heard good things about Doom Patrol. I haven't checked that out yet though. You think Cobra Kai for all these sports-related TV shows coming back? You can't in a lot of these other reunions. I hope Foggy Nelson makes a, re- re- makes a return. But again, it's cheesy. It's ridiculous. It's a kid's show. But I, I watch it for the Emilio factor. I, I was a, I was a, it's no Young Guns. It's no, uh, it's no other thing. But it's good to see uh, Emilio on screen. He makes me smile. He, 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 he hasn't aged. And he, he looks the fucking same. And he, he always tries. He's not he's not great, but he's not he's not like his brother that just doesn't give a shit and mails in performances and was a good actor and gave it the fuck up. Emilio was never good. He was just always having fun and you kind of followed him having fun. He's not a good actor like Charlie or uh or uh Martin. Like Emilio's not good. He's just he's just there having fun. Charlie used to be a good he was good in Platoon and Wall Street. Then he gave the fuck up and and decided to get all fucked up all the time and start winning and get tiger blood and all that sort of stupid shit. But in Martin Sheen's a generally a amazing actor, you know, like in in the group of great actors. But like, but Emilio was never really great. He was just, you know, like having fun, and people liked him. He's not a good actor. Yeah, that's a, okay. Same. You know, he's like he's he's a good actor. Like Corey Feldman's a good actor. Like he can deliver a good performance. But yeah. Cor- Corey Haim could actually act. If we're I don't know why I'm bringing the Corys up. But Corey Haim, like in Lucas, <laughs> like in a couple of other performances, he actually showed that he had ch- acting chops somewhere in there. Corey Feldman's big acting moment is is in Goonies. You see this penny? You see this one? This is my wish. This is my dream. Like he lives on that one monologue. Yeah, he was good in good in other movies, Feldman. But he, you know, that was his only acting. You know, Feldman's not a great. I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't yeah, know why I'm getting into the. Singer. 
Yeah, it, terrible singer. Like, and then and then he just started singing in their movies too. Like in Dream a Little Dream, it was like a good movie. You get Jason Robards in the movie, and suddenly it's like he has to start dancing around like Michael Jackson for no reason in the middle of the movie, just because he felt like dancing around like Michael Jackson. You ruined the movie, Dream a Little Dream, because you had to dance around like Michael Jackson, Corey Feldman. No one wants to see you do that. Like, get Michael Jackson. If you're friends with Michael, is that because you want to say, I'm friends with Michael, I can do this. Okay, you know Michael, get him in the fucking movie then. Don't do that. You were good in the burbs, though, Feldman. You're good in the fucking... You're good in the burbs, you douchebag. Okay, he was good in the <laughs> he was good in the Gremlins too. Corey Feldman, please come in the podcast. We'd love to have you. We'll we'll he might be, do it. He, he, he's he's pretty available on short notice. There's a lot of people I reach for. That's not a big reach. I think if I, I think if I if I think if I called them and pretend I was like oh, oh, I I have an almost five million view YouTube channel. You want to be on? Well, uh, hmm. He'd think about it. He he'd pause. But five million people, maybe. But uh, let's talk about friends. Let's talk about anybody. But but yeah, I don't want to keep David on here too late talking about ridiculous stu- stupidity. No, I don't care. What time is it? It's twelve. It's twelve forty-eight right now, PM on Sunday evening. We'll end at one PM, so we get about ten more minutes here. If people want to send us in a couple of other ridiculous directions before the end here, but we're gonna wrap it up in about ten minutes here. Thank you everyone for joining us tonight and sticking with me even through our technical difficulties. As I mentioned, I'll be back next week to talk more about this, about the final episode and talk to Joe about this episode to talk a little bit more about this episode with Joe. And uh, and yeah, maybe during the week at some point as well. But but yeah, make sure you're subscribed. Okay, so actor profiles start with. (laughs) uh, I'll definitely be calling into next week's show, probably doing Negan impressions over the phone. So I, I can't wait. Thank you. Not, not you said you have to do it. Ian says I should do actor profile, starting with the Corys, then go to the Jones and the Steves, and then the Baldwins or something too. Do all the Baldwin brothers in episode two. I, I wouldn't mind doing some doing su- Sunday night streams like that. And in the next stream that I have David on. No, we're not doing that. No one even remembers. Like, there's no one still subscribed to my channel from back when we did that first Back to the Future thing. So, definitely. no, definitely not. It's a different YouTube now. Uh, so, but but another, I think you and I once did a stand-up comedy one. But, yeah. But it would be fun to do something something silly like that, like an actor profile. Do our top 10 co- comic actors top 10 uh performance oh, five, yeah. five so, something like that we'll talk off air we'll come up with uh the next time we have you on on one of these sundays that joe's not available uh we'll we'll come up with a fun one in a next month or some 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 shit like that well i'll come up with a random stupid one i pre- uh Cadigan says i predict joe will lose it this week next week he's been holding off the loser he's been he's been calm he has a lot of hope the, the, okay joe's not here uh right now and in, in and Joe listens to part of the podcast. I'd be surprised if he makes it this late into the podcast. So I want to make some. I want to do a little over under bet sort of thing. So, so Joe's trying to stay calm. He's trying to stay hopeful that the season eleven because he liked a lot of season ten. At what point does Joe completely lose it? I don't think he loses it tomorrow night next week. I I think nothing could happen next week in this small section for him to lose it. I think he loses it somewhere near the end. 24 episodes of next season. I say he loses it by episode 11 or 12 of next year if everything uh, is sucks. I, I was going to say six or seven. Six or uh, seven? 
Yeah, I think that's when it's really going to start coming un- unraveled. Because I think by 11 or 12, dude, he's going to be in full Joe rant. <laughs> like, he's just going to be like, and this fucking guy, dude, <laughs> is just sitting over there doing fucking nothing (laughs) like this whole fucking time he's just gonna go off and uh because if they don't make solid moves and he can tell that they don't have enough time to fix or wrap up whatever it is they're doing he's like it's gonna be like fucking game of thrones i'm telling you he's so hopeful he's so hopeful at this moment right now that that this final season's gonna be good so i'm wondering when that when that thing is going to tick for him. I see it will all depend if he's joining for every episode of next season or if he's still doing the every other week. I think every other week allows him to kind of settle down a little bit. Having having to be forced to talk about it every week is a different kind of pain that he's not quite feeling right now. And he's still in the last I think I've had him on what twice now since the long break of not having him on. So he's still in the I'm excited to be doing the podcast again. So he's like too excited to be hanging out and talking to be pissed off yet. So it's coming though. It's coming. He'll get annoyed talking to me and my cheeriness will get to him. <laughs> and the explosion will happen. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, guys. I will seed it. It's going to happen. It's it's you can't have it be false. You have to make it. The show needs to really make Joe mad, and I think he needs to be invested to be mad. And he's invested at this point, which means he's going to be disappointed. I've seen this pattern happen before with him and with The Walking Dead. He's he right now he's feeling good. He liked he liked how the Whisper arc ended. He really liked how Opie from Sons of Anarchy Beta's arc ended with with his death and the fight and the big conclusion of all of that. He, that's that has him feeling decent about this and he's happy to be back talking to you guys. So once he gets angry and used to talking to you guys a little bit more, I think the rage will come back. Joe is so innocent t- sometimes. I think the pandemic changed him, says Cadigat. Make sure you say that next week to him. I would love to see The Walking David on one of these skybound reaction videos of these normies exaggerate their excitement for The Walking Dead episode. It would be hilarious. I, you know, I I had thought about for season eleven, their last season, doing reactions just to see if I could get in in the last season their reaction videos. Um, oh, but sp- with my channel name alone, I should get in there. They've got you should. Yeah. And speaking of which, I was I was uh, talking to a friend this week and had like a Zoom sort of chat, hangout, dr- getting drunk, and we were laughing. And I we went to the Walking David's channel and we started to watch some of his old impression videos. Uh, his uh, Game of the mainly the Game of Thrones character ones when you were doing like uh, character after car- character over and over again and like cracking yourself up and and uh, doing all that stuff. So uh, if you haven't already, and I mentioned this, couple couple little uh, links and such. Uh, I and put my Twitch channel link in there. Definitely subscribe to that. Thank you guys for getting me over 50 followers over there and on my way to hopefully get affiliate stuff eventually. I'll be doing some more video game streaming this week. Some uh, Nintendo stuff. I'm going to start a a new playthrough of Breath of the Wild. But getting over to David, make sure you subscribe to The Walking David. A lot of amazing impression videos, but David's also been doing a lot of other stuff. What uh, what do you have going on on your channel? You've been doing a a lot of funny... I was checking out one of your... Like a whole big skit, like a little mini movie at the beginning of one of your uh, bad movie reviews that I was uh, was digging. Yeah. So uh, uh, 
uh, tell a little bit about some of the shit you do in your channel and uh, and get people the fuck over there. Subscribe to David. Um, oh, over the last couple of years, uh, I was doing it with a couple of my buddies. I've recently started just doing it by myself because it's easier to manage. And also, we would get too drunk sometimes, and my friends get kind of rowdy and loud and, and coherent when they're drunk. It's not as fun as Joe or Phil, uh, but um, Joe gets pretty. We, we get pretty incoherent as well sometimes. But well, it, it was we would. It's called Bad Movie Night, and it's kind of you know Mystery Science Theater three thousand mixed with Red Letter Media's uh, Best of the Worst sort of series. So we're watching bad movies, and in the top you know corner of the frame or something like that. Uh, I'll have the movie playing and I'll also have jokes pop up and I will just react to it in real time. And I edit a whole bunch of stuff to make it funny. And um, it, it's really fun. I've done 14 or 15 episodes over the last couple of years. And uh, I recently just did one where I was reviewing a bad movie with Steven Seagal called the Asian connection. And if you really like bad Christmas movies, uh, there's one called A Karate Christmas Miracle that I just reviewed back in December, and that one's pretty funny. And uh, I, I think they're great watches. At the very least, I've always said to people, they are great toilet watches. If you, you know, if you're ever in the bathroom and you have your phone and you don't know what to watch, this is the time to watch it. Okay. By the time the video yeah. is over, it is definitely time to leave the bathroom. So yeah, those are the type uh, of things I also I, put on playlists while I'm playing video games too. They're uh, good, good background video game watchy kind of stuff. So yeah, definitely check that out. Cadigan says mystery science theater 3000, one of my faves. I also love mystery science theater 3000, especially the Joel stuff. I do love that other, the other guy I'm blanking on the, the second, second guy. And I, and I like some of the remake, the remake that was on Netflix, as well it's a it's a fun concept riff tracks as well is very funny but my favorite uh era of mystery science theater 3000 is when uh joel was on the beginning because uh, mainly because the stoner humor like joel joel hotchitskin or whatever his name is funny stand-up comedian uh he was on all of those early rodney dangerfield stand-up specials the one that i saw like kinnison got a star dice got a star on those ones uh and he used to do this this uh this like magician stand-up comedy is like, oh, pick a card, any card. I'm fucking stoner. Pick a card. Is this your card? No. Fuck you. It's magic. And he like flick the card in your face and go, fuck you. It's magic. That was his. That, it was just hilarious. Like, like if I used to do these little bits similar to Harry Anderson too. Very few comics got this pleasure. Andy Kaufman got it. Uh, Harry Anderson got it on Saturday Night Live would give you like a little you wouldn't be the host but they give you like a little like five minutes or something to go out and do that and he would he would do that uh, they gave Joel a chance because he was he did he did like pr not prop stuff not like not like Carrot Top Gallagher stuff more like Harry Anderson stuff like wordplay with magic like stuff mixed in and but it was like fucked up like like clumsy shit like again like fucked up magic fuck you i'm fucking shit up but great but yeah check that the mystery science theater concept is fun but yeah definitely check out david and uh best of the worst is a great fucking show uh yeah. well in bad movie night that's the name of mine is it's very basic but it's bad movie night there's a playlist on my channel so if you don't want to watch anything else you just want to watch those you can and some of them are older you'll see me with a clean shaven face and a couple of them just because that's how long ago and early they were and uh it, the production value as they have gone on has gotten better 
so yeah the most recent one was a lot of as i mentioned has a lot of production value has a little like a mini not a a movie but a little mini uh clip thing mixed in a little little sketch sketch, an extended sketch to, to tease it a bit, I, I play Steven Seagal in the sketch, but I play two Steven Seagals having a conversation with each other. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So, it's pretty funny. Uh, definitely, definitely check it out. I'd appreciate it. I think yeah. you guys would enjoy it. Thank you, David. And uh, I remember with Will Sasso acting as fat Steven Seagal on Matt TV. Funny shit. Sounds a bit like amazing. Jonathan says Atari Dad. New Mystery Thousands. Theater 3000 was great for the first few episodes, but not the reboot. Steven Seagal, such a dramatic act. Steven Seagal fucked his career in some ways because he never wanted to play the bad guy. He would have probably continued another five or six years, maybe even struggled along with occasional guest appearances. Uh, But he he was one of those guys that, like, in the movie, he'd always have to win the fight. He never wanted to lose the fight in the end, so he'd never play a bad guy. Yeah, and now now he kind of plays... Fat, it's bordering on the bad guy. He's a bad actor, but it's bordering on the bad guy where he's like an anti-hero. But they always frame him like he's the bad guy. Like he he's running some drug cartel. Like in the Asian Connection, he's like a drug cartel leader. And oh, is this movie? I this is that's a more recent. I haven't actually seen the movie. It's a more recent Steven Seagal movie. The the more recent ones, the ones from like 2012 to now. You're just going to see him evolve into a guy who doesn't like to leave a chair, uh, who, <laughs> you know, he, any roles that involve a lot of sitting. He is, this, is this his martial arts at this point? Yeah, like he was part. a sniper in a movie and it's because he got to lay on his belly the whole movie. You know, it's just like, yeah, I'm gonna, it's fucking hot here. <laughs> like it just, uh, it, it's kind of amazing to watch. And if you see my review of it, You'll probably react the exact same way that I. Read. Awesome, and and I am sharing a couple of your uh, re- couple or review link from the Karate Christmas movie in the in the link, and also David's channel in the chat. So check that out, and also the link if you're watching this later, the link to David's channel is in my description box. So check that out. Check out the Walking David. So you guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really do appreciate it. It's been fun. As I mentioned, thank you for the technical diff- through the technical difficulties. Huge thanks to Bliss, a sensitive man for our super chat tonight. Uh, also some of our patrons, if you guys are subscribed to our patron, and you haven't checked it out yet. I released a 15 minute discussion about Joe's thoughts on the last of us casting for the the HBO series based on the video on Joe's favorite video game series, The Last of Us. I think a lot of other people's are fa- not just Joe's favorite. A very popular video game series that's being turned into an HBO series. That honestly, I don't know anything about it. I really don't. I've never played the games. I've heard a lot of good things about them. A lot of people think this is the one. People keep saying, what is the one? What's going to be the video game property that transfers into a movie or a television series that's really good? Some people say it's The Witcher. I don't think it quite had the universal appeal that they wanted it to have. It does have an audience that think that show's great. Some people think it's going to be this new Mortal Kombat movie or this movie or that movie, whatever. A lot of people are thinking it's going to be the Last of Us series on HBO. And we got Pedro Pascal and also... uh, What's her name? Uh, the, the 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 I don't blank on the actress's name, but she played the Lady Mormont in the final couple of seasons of Game of Thrones. The uh, what's her name? Someone someone's gonna throw it in the live chat. But uh, but the 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 little bear, the one that's Jon Snow is the king. He should be the king. Oh, yeah. 
uh, th- th- that girl is playing young Ellie, the main star of the show, and Pedro Pascal is playing Joel. So if you're curious of Joe's thoughts and you're one of our patrons, make sure you check out that 15-minute discussion. And Detective Pikachu and Sonic did all right. So did Wreck-It Ralph. But those aren't necessarily about one. I'm, I guess Detective Pikachu is close. But Pokemon's a weird one because you've already had the successful animated series. So it was almost like a real-life depiction of the animated series. It had the base of that. And I know that could be – you could be like you're cheating. It could be a detic- depiction of the video game series. But Pokemon – is a weird one to me. I feel like it is some universal success and the cartoons have been success, but it's not exactly what I mean. Because I still think Detective Pikachu appeals to more of a fun... Sonic the Hedgehog was okay too and appeals to that same sort of thing, but it's not deeply good in the way that they want one of these things to be that they're hoping. But but that's a good one. I mean, you're, you're right. There should be a Grand Theft Auto one based on with the three one with like Trevor and uh, with Grand like guess was that San Andreas? Oh, I was blank on the uh, the names of them. I, I get lost in them. But the one that has the character of Trevor, I want to see William uh, Stephen Odd play him in real life. Play play real life Trevor. That would be sick. Yeah, Sonic is Sonic is uh, Jim Carrey's performance in Sonic is is pretty damn good. But Detective Pikachu and Sonic did all right. They're good, but they, again, I don't think they're uh, amazing. <laughs> Castlevania animated series on Netflix is another really good one. It's another one. The uh, The Witcher is technically a book adaptation, though. Very true. I think they recently announced a Ghost of Tsunami, Tsunami movie that could be good. The game was awesome. Grand Theft Auto V. Okay, yeah, that's the one I think they should make a base A series on. Or an adult cartoon would be kind of good, too. Okay, David, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep you babbling all evening i'm i'm on a, i'm slightly buzzed so i'll just keep going the witch so uh detective pikachu sonic did all right i keep going back to those two because detective pikachu is the one that's making me go because uh, it's kind of an okay movie but it's still is ready player one again that's based on a book so that's not really a game uh that if there is an actual zelda series that will be a big one bella ramsey thank you uh santivia that that is her name so, yeah, I, I never played the games, so I can't really speak to the story. I do believe it's another uh, survival zombie kind of story, but I don't I don't know. I know some people are like, you don't know anything about The Last of Us? But, yeah, I don't. I never I haven't played the games, and I haven't been spoiled. So that's going to make the series very interesting for me if I'm able to stay kind of virgin to the material. Okay, so uh, David, thank you everybody. Thank you all you guys for joining us tonight. And let me play some fucking music and get out of here. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this silly discussion, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, share the channel with a friend. Next week's the season finale. If you haven't, join it. Make sure you set the reminders already. (laughs) Ian's like Babylon Marathon. Keep going. Keep the Babylon going. No. David's ready for bed. I can see it. (laughs) I love you guys. We'll talk to you guys next time. I'll be on soon for more babblery. I'm due for an alone podcast to just talk for fucking three hours about some bullshit. (laughs) Hey, I could talk about that stuff if I hadn't seen any of it, but I'm just one of those people that I hear a title of something and I go, nope. Nope.
Check. Nope. Not gonna do it. Check, please. <laughs> Check, please. Let's talk about the Night Court spinoff. No, no. Oh, Night Court. Thank God. <laughs> Santivia, thank you. It was so much fun. You guys are awesome, too. Uh, you guys are amazing. Bliss, love you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Next Sunday, season finale, Joe Dirty Locks. I'll be on sometime this week, too. And if not, I'll be on uh, Twitch. Make sure you join us this Wednesday night on Teflon TV for the Game of Thrones discussion. And uh, love you guys. Bye. Oh, yeah. Bye.